one. You're trash. You're I've never trash. seen. I have <laughs> never seen the her, original of and that. Her, her face is just like, what is going on? Like, I would love to be like. 13 again and just screaming at kids after school. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't you as well love to be 13? You must be because you've joined us. It is Thursday. It is 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you know what that means. It is time for Bearded Drums Live with myself and, of course, Mr. JT himself. Getting stronger every week. Yeah. A little I, uh, bit feistier every week. I had a really good shed sesh yesterday. Really? I've, I posted a video on Instagram. Ooh, are you an influencer? No, um, but there's one lick I'll show you when we get done. I was well, like, We have to set a drum set up first. <laughs> yeah. No, it's on my phone. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you dingus. And it turned out, I was like, when I went back and watched it, I was like, ooh, that was good. And it was really clean. I tried doing it again today, and I was like, ooh, I don't know what I did. Just the flow hit me. I wanted to get busy this week, but uh, my week just seems to keep saying no. It's like, no, we have things for you to do. You will not even, as you saw when you entered the room, you will not even allow, be allowed to take your drums out of the bags since no. last weekend. So, I did not get a chance. Oh, what's today? Thursday? Thursday. You just said the date. Time. I highly doubt I will do it tomorrow because I have to get that trailer back to Rachel's dad's and probably go pay some bills. So that's a little bit of running around. So, I'm probably not going to get to do it. It'll just be the gigs this weekend and then Sun. Are we seeing you Sunday? No. Um, it'll be next Sunday. Next I get, Sunday. I get my second um, shot on the 23rd. Nice. Um, I go back to work on Monday as a trial run, so I'll work five to one on Monday, mm -hmm. and then I won't go back till that weekend, that Friday and Saturday. They kind of want to ease me in. Nice. Um, and uh, Chrissy, when I talked to her yesterday, which I was not expecting her to say this, um, she's like, "If you got to leave early, like you get tired or something." She's like, "Yeah." yeah she's yeah. like, "You will not be pointed." She's like, "We." That's don't. cool. She, she's like, and "You're like, if you fuck yet, like you're overdoing it, just stop and say something." Huh. I was That's like, cool. well, thanks. She's like, we want to make sure they're like, you know, yeah, you've been yeah. out for a while. And she's like, I know I've been talking to them, you know. And they don't want to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> they mistreated me when I was in recovery. Yeah. They wouldn't let me take naps. And the last thing you want is me like, be like barely able to breathe. Like, JT, what are you doing? I still got four more jackpots. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> you know, so. And but that I, is cool. And I'm, I'm a little nervous. Like, go back, you know, what's going to, like, trying to like figure like you know like what my pacing should be i'm sure you'll be fine i mean what's your first night back monday and it's going to be my but here's mondays are like are a toy a toy cost a toy cost a toy <laughs> coin toss sometimes nothing happens yeah yeah and then you'll have like those moments where like you just hear Congratulations. Congratulations. Congra like it's just like it doesn't stop. Yeah. And like we have an iPod, uh, our iPods for our call, but then our boss has an iPad yeah. that shows all the calls. And sometimes you'll hear Chris over the radio or Ali, whoever's working that night, be like, we have four pages of calls. And that's like 35 calls per page. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'm going to start clearing stuff off. Uh, here's the jackpots going off currently. We're like, Okay, I, I, I don't matter what's going on. I stop, and I start writing down where they're at. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't care who hit first. I'm just going to hit them, like, in closest pro like Yeah, yeah, together. just whatever whatever is closest to me. Yeah, and it's always funny, like, having, um, like, Miss Kathy and them in the cage. I come up, and I have, like, three, like, the most of the time, three jackpots. So I have my three sheets of paper, and she's like, 
these all for the same person? No, they're scattered across. It's like, and so, and the all oh, the worst one is when you get all these at once, and then you have the big over limit where my boss has to get involved to verify. Oh yeah, and yeah. It's now it's his jackpot basically. Like one night, Carl and me having a terrible time. Uh, I had two. Carl had one, and then we had a 10k hit. And it's like, oh god. So their machine's just going bananas. They're locked up. We're trying to get more money out of them. It's like 10k. Normally they don't leave. I'll keep playing. And so we're going all crazy. And then another guy's on the other side, and he hit in total for like 25,000. I paid him like six times. Jeez. Actually, I saw an interesting thing this week. Some dude in, I think it was Illinois, on like a, a tribal gaming setup, yeah. put $2.50 into a progressive penny slot and won $258,000. Solid. Dude. Those are awesome. Are you kidding me? That is that's those are the stories I like. Not the ones that's like, no, he comes in every night, he grinds it out, and then he hits jackpots. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. I want to know about the random dude that's like, oh, look at that. There's 250 left from the buffet. Honey, let's throw it in the penny slot. Ding, 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 ding. And you would see that number with two commas. <laughs> I think the last time we had anything close to that was at the palace. A person hit a, uh, a nationwide progressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was like a Lord of, Rings, Lord of the Rings machine. And I was talking to a guest who was who had, was there that night. He's like, yeah, he's like, I was whatever. Like, but then he comes up and, you know, just got his card. He's confused, asking one of the people what to do. So he puts his card in and, you know, he puts, he like said 50 bucks in. Uh, and then he plays the max bet. This is like, he like enough for like 10 spins. One, two, three. Locks up. Hits for seven million. Wow! Just like, just like oh my god! <laughs> wow! <laughs> and that's it. And I that, could not even imagine because those numbers, those are cool to watch because the numbers look like a stop clock. It's just mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and it's just going and going and going. And then like it might dip for a minute and then it just keeps on going. Like when someone hits something large, but then it doesn't stop because it's across the entire. Jeez. But those games are expensive to have. Yeah, anyway. yeah. No, and that's why I don't even think about. It. I don't gamble, so I just and I'm not that lucky. I'm not lucky in that way. Never have been. Um, I'm pretty lucky in other ways, but like randomly being able to gamble or and win or like like people that do gamble, like yeah, you know, I mean, I was there for a while, but I uh, put in two fifty and it came out with nine hundred. It's like I just never done yeah. happen for me, so I don't even like. I'm like, oh, whatever, the lottery and all that. I've never had that kind it's of like luck. the niece. When I see her there, I'm like, how much did you win today? Yeah, yeah. I won four thousand. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I, that would have covered bills for a while, thanks. <laughs> but you know, anyway, so. Uh, that's kind of our social recap. Hope y'all enjoyed that little part of getting to know Stephen and Jared. That's that portion of the show. Thank you, everybody that is here. Um, we have a crap ton of stuff to talk about today. All kinds of news. Hella submissions. Um, Jared's got a gripe story he's got some problem with some drums i have not problems with drums nice there are couches all over my house it is a mess here there is a, a trailer in the driveway with the couch that was hopefully supposed to be inside but it might get rained on we'll see you need me to help you bring it in one podcast at a time. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is a busy week the drums have not even been unpacked um from these, last week all these couches and there's no one to sit on like well that one. Well, that's a lounge. I wouldn't come. You mean Jared's corner? Yeah. 
we're gonna we're gonna be possibly bringing a special segment to the show. All I can picture is, is like, like I would cut to me, and it just be like me jawing on about whatever six ply poplar, and then you get over there, and by the time I get ready to cut to you, there'll be like that sexy saxophone music, yeah, and then you're just like. <laughs> Hey guys, after after wear a robe, no shirt. Just want to let you guys know about a new little product this week. Today's tackle instrument company. This week's sponsor is brought to you by Mono. Mono, ahead of the game. Wait, wrong company. And then I get discussed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the beat. So we might, we just might have a new segment for you. We'll have to work that up. But yeah, it's a mess here. So much to do, but I I was smart and early on today I loaded up all the pictures and everything, so we're ready to go on that when it comes time. Um, clean us up in the chat, and then we'll get to each of our drumming weeks. You already know what Richie said. Richie said, "Oh my God, Richie called us noobs, and you will never call me a noob, sir." Nope. What's up? I've got Dave Drake from the Hard Rock Cafe. Nice. What's up, buddy? I've got Dave Hugstep. What is up, guys? Ready for the show? We're ready for you, David. Yes. We got my boy Frank. Evening, guys. What's up, Frank? We got Bygum. What's up? Hope all is well with double emojis. Ooh. Uh, Mark says, good to see you, fellas. You sound like you got more pep in your step. Jarrett, thank you, Mark. And also, thank you for spelling my name correctly. It's not often, but when I see it, it makes me happy. What do they mess up, the R's or the T's? Both. Oh. I'll get almost like Janet, like J-A-R-E-T. I might get J-A-R-E-T-T, J-E-R-R-E-T-T. You know, any variation, but rarely do I get the double R's, double T's. Dang. It's nice. Uh, Charlie Smith, Evening Chaps. Germ. We got Germs, new new boy in the chat. Uh-oh, I wish I had an emoji or a ding, 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 but there's your ding, ding, ding. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us here on the live show every Thursday. What's up, Germs? And we got Dakamomo. Of course. New, I will noob your ass, my friend. You will not last very long with me in a lobby, Mr. Dakamomo. You won't jump online with me, which says something. It's fear. Scared. It is fear. You can be you can be scared. I would be scared too, because I might smack some drums around, but I also smack some noobs around in the lobbies too. So if you ever want to try me, Daka, I am ready. Um is that it? That's it. Awesome. Well, glad everybody is here. Like I said, we got a bunch of crap to go through today. Um, Jer, I stopped you from telling your little gripe story. Um, so we'd have content. Um, so to start your week off, let us know what happened. Uh, the new hoops came in for the snare drums that I cannot get sound like snare drums. No, no, no. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. I know. And just, but you said, you know, what's going on. So yeah, there's yeah. that. Um, and then yesterday, um, Eric Binder. I like Eric a lot. Um, but there's just some things... Uh, not just like in the drumming world community, but like in general, um, he had this whole thing where it's like Jimmy Cobb didn't get you know the respect put on his name uh, when he died, like Neil Peart did. I'm like, okay, Neil Peart got the big front on the magazine and yeah, yeah, got the spread, yeah, yeah. and then Jimmy Cobb got a small page in the very back. I'm like, okay, that does suck. But let's think about this as objectively. He mentioned that it had to do with like politics based upon race. And then no. um, my big thing, I was like, okay, I, that is a factor. 
but if you think about it, and I also looked up, uh, there's a, another page that talks about like jazz, like the stats. Mm-hmm. And one guy was like, jazz makes up 1.4% of the market share. I'm like, that is minuscule. That is yeah. tiny. That is a drop. And plus the fact that like, you know, it, it really doesn't matter who you're talking about. If you compare him to a Neil Peart, it's like, well, that's a, he's not even a person anymore. He's a brand. Yeah. That little hat is a brand. You know, you see that tiny little hat and you think huge drum kit with a trap cat off to the side, him with that little, that little cap just like, and then it becomes a meme and then it gets out there and it becomes like a drummer joke, like a a long, you know, standing drummer joke. You could pick it, pick the topic and then say, Neil Peart. Yeah. Or it's like say, you know, or like, you know, what, what do you got a problem with tempos? What are you, John Bonham? Like, it's, yeah. and then I, the the thing that I really noticed, specifically with Neil Peart and Rush, really Rush in general, um, was they got a really late bump in life from that movie, um, I Love You, Man. Uh, yeah, because I forgot. They do the whole Rush yeah. sequel. But they, it, and then it, so once you're big and then you're, you know, super famous, you're supernatural. Yeah. You can become a meme or part of the lexicon. And then you get another bump from a movie, like a, a really popular movie. That's what popular with 20 to 50 yeah. year olds. Now, you know, anybody older probably hadn't seen it. Um, anybody younger would think it was stupid because they think it was an old movie, you know, when it's really what, 10 years, 15 years old. So they get that. But, and then it just like, it ingrains the rush slash. Cause let's be honest. Like, you poll most people, they don't know who Alex Lifeson is. I recognize that. I recognize the name, but I don't know. That's the guitar player. Like, nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. Grant, granted, they know Getty Lee, um, but I would argue even more so Neil Peart. Yeah, like, I was arguing with myself on the way back from a bill today. <laughs> with, like, with, with the topic, like, you know, because I tried to cover both sides of an argument in defense and also in opposition. Like Always play devil's advocate. And so, like... When I saw the market share is 1.4%, I'm like, okay, so not all the people know about jazz in general, um, or they don't, or like the people who listen to it are generally like musicians and old people who still listen to jazz. Um, you either play jazz and go to jazz concerts, or you just happen to walk by on your way to the restaurant, like say in Mike's case, where his band's playing, you know, in some courtyard. Yeah. And it's like, oh, cool, there's a jazz band and you're done. Yeah. You know? And the ones he mentioned a couple names like uh like Duke and Miles and everything else like but those people were the fronts of their own bands or they were pro- prominent enough players in other people's groups to where their name holds weight. It's yeah. like Jimmy Cobb, yes, is phenomenal because he didn't play a lot. He played quarters at swung. But we we all know. Yeah, that. we know, but the general public and his popularity mm. is not that the thing is, is like i had to double check who jimmy cobb was when he brought up the point yeah, yeah. that's how like back because like when you think of other jazz drummers you think of the elvin max either anyone with jones in their last name yeah. papa philly elvin i mean that's you get your max roach this is just roy haynes um art blakey yes they yes jimmy cobb did play very tastefully, kind of blue did sell a bunch of records, and it's still heavily sampled in the hip hop community. But if I walked up to someone on the street and I'm like, "Hey, 
what do you think about Miles Davis? They're going to think, oh, it's a guy that plays trumpet. Yeah, the trumpet they, guy, right? Yeah, they're not going to know anything else about Miles Davis. They might know his name. Like, we think about Rush. Oh, isn't it have that Neil Peart guy with the big drum kit? Yeah. Most folks are going to know Rush. And like, yes, they did play rock. And another point he made was like, well, without the without having um, Cobb and them, you know, Rush wouldn't be a band. It's like, well, then before Cobb, there wouldn't be... Well, Cobb wouldn't be around. There wasn't this guy. There wasn't. You have to go back until yeah. the beginning. It's like without the Mesopotamians making drums in uh, three hundred, you know, three hundred thousand uh, BC, mm-hmm. we would not have jazz. Like, well, no. Well, and plus, you're also comparing a guy who was part of pop music in the '70s, starting out at least, compared to Cobb would have been part of what they considered pop music at the time. In the '60s or the '50s, and then and then jazz on top of it was like during that time was seen as like the devil's music too. Yeah. So it already had a bad rap, and then plus you got to think of the climate. Yes, it was not favorable to people of color, but at the same time, it's also not that big of a popular genre because things change really quick. I mean, yeah. you had especially now. As soon as you, know, you get you get to the the '60s. Jazz has become like a by, like you know, a, jazz like has a, become an heirloom. Yeah, and now it's it's ro- the early stages of rock and roll and blues, and yeah. and that takes off, and then more you know prominent players come out of that because now media is big and there's more coverage. I, I think the uh, one of the points he was missing was just the general coverage of it all. It's like TV probably didn't showcase that many of the drummers. No. Now you know, big thing was Joe Morello. You know, you could throw the race car on that one because he was a white guy playing. But I think a big thing was Dave Bu- Brubeck. His band was already pretty popular on his name alone. Yeah. Joe got, I guess would say, lucky to play. And then Take Five was such a groundbreaking tune in five. And it stuck. Yeah. Which is weird for number one um, for a jazz to really, uh, a jazz tune to really stand out still like that. Like, and like, then to be in an odd time signature yeah and like conan o- it was at the conan o'brien show in the 90s had late joe morello play it with his band oh that's cool you know so it's like that that's you know that might be an outlier to have someone of that era come through and still play and be popular but that would but that tune is i would say is, is a timeless classic yeah and i think that kind of blue will still be you know popular and like my first jazz record to get into that Cobb was on but no one, not many people are going to listen to Kind of Blue and go, wow, the drums on this are great. They're going to be more focused on the trumpet. The, the trumpet, but um, I don't want to say Bill Evans played piano. Yeah. And that, yeah. I mean, Bill Evans in his own right is, an, is a monster player. But, with who, but half the people wouldn't go, well, who? What? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, there's there's not much weight. And to what so all this was like when what was Eric saying? He was um, basically set, he was pulling the, the race card, I guess. He was just saying that due to him, you know, being black and uh, he was just not he didn't get the respect put on his name by um, race whatever and I was like but there's a lot more besides just I don't being think, a black I, musician I mean if that is the case I, I, I have no problem admitting that but I think this is more of a case with based on the pop that one drummer was offering versus the dated pop the other one was it's just a matter of right time and the fact that the other one was just so much bigger with his own name, not yeah. even needing the band's name. You know, Neil Neil Burt. It's a you know, it's a meme. Yeah, and then you got him, and then all the stuff he did with DW through that, and and all that. I mean, that's just a whole nother of just like reach. Yeah. And then I think Rush is one of those bands where even when I'm old, 
there'll probably still be people spending rush. I'm I'm gonna go on a limb on a limb here and say like when I'm seventy years old, there's probably gonna be like some young kid like Do you know about a band called Rush? But like I remember being like you yeah, yeah. with a band called Rush. <laughs> it's like you know, I, I think that they'll like Rush will be one of those bands like A C D C and, you know, the Stones. Yeah. And they'll be they'll be just those bands, like no matter if they're classic for me now, I think that they will like hold a standard in a hundred years, probably not anymore. But I think for like my lifetime, I think they'll still hold weight well after all these guys. Well, it's are weird, done. man. Like we play gigs sometimes and like we'll play at the hangout where a lot of those kids are fifteen and sixteen and we'll play a song and I'm just flabbergasted that they know the word. We were playing I remember one time I looked out and we were playing Elton John, um Benny and the Jets. Yeah. And there's this like little girl who's all of thirteen or fourteen or fifteen years old acting cool and fucking what and then I look over and during the course she's I'm like, seriously kid? Like really? Like I, I'm glad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm glad that you do, but it just seems like now the gap is so far. It's like, how would you even know? Yeah, I, who I, that was. I know. Like for us in college, there's a like playlist that people have, and then as soon as you get to the course or whatever, you know, it's like you know, they'll play the course. It's like a power hour thing, and then it goes to the next course, and you do whatever with you know you're drinking or whatever. I think that's might be keeping like some of those alive. Um, and then another thing that I've also thought about is look at how fashion and music are tightly interwined. Yeah. Now you're probably thinking, how? What do you mean? All right. Well, let's let's take let's look at today right now. What is what era do you think we're like we're living in right now? The eighties. Music. Oh, for sure. Music, 80, it's well. The bridge, eighties, nineties, because I yeah. do see some nineties stuff. But yeah, you're 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 pretty much right. So we're like we're like you know my childhood. Yeah, like like you know, mullets are cool again. There's you know Doc Martens are cool again. Doc Martens are cool again. We're getting more synth heavy. You know that like blinding lights is a big. Is oh, yeah. a, it's like an eighties tune. I mean, uh, everybody loves to go find the uh, vintage windbreaker suits yeah the the neon bright so it's like yeah that any anywhere from 88 87 to like 95 we're living in that moment right now yeah and whenever i was in high school and part of college i remember a lot of girls in high school were like super obsessed with like the stones and the whole like 70s chic and you know it was low-waisted it was not cool anymore as we're high-waisted, yeah. like, in the bell-bottoms and stuff. So I'm like, okay, so that's the 70s. We kind of go in waves with it. And I just, I was thinking, I was like, well, right now, no one really cares about whatever. It's like, and eventually, I doubt it, if the 50s ever becomes cool again, that's when Well, we, and I think we already had it. The hit, That was the hipster movement. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, I guess you could really even lean into the 40s on that. But still, that, I think that that already had it. And it, that was a very um, that was a very short-lived one. But I think that's what that was. Joshua Breslow in the house. What's up, my man? Um, DACA says, Kind of Blue is the Bible. We had to binge listen to that the whole album for a semester at USM. I mean, yeah. I mean, especially if you're 
studying jazz really if the word jazz it comes up kind of blue is 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 literally like he said is the bible richie says uh nothing to do with race at all why is travis barker still making magazine covers not dissing him he's great when Vinny's still alive they uh what's i say uh they're recapping the legend status for the final push Cobb. um he just was not as famous that's all that's what's richie saying and i agree you know yeah. and it's always going to be like that you know, uh, I can t- I can I can fart ten better drummers than Anderson Pack, but go on Anderson Pack and uh, Bruno Mars's re- latest release. That thing has like forty something million views, yeah. one song. So you know that's always going to be the case. I think we know. Yeah, and the drummers know. Yeah, and I definitely think media now definitely also is a is a, a place because like you thinking back in the day you had what took. Most households didn't have a television. They had a radio. Yep. Um, if you didn't catch on the radio, you didn't catch it at all. Uh, records were expensive. I know my mom said, you know, she might get one, maybe two a year because they're expensive until they started becoming cheaper. Um, whenever cassettes started becoming a thing. Yeah. And a, well, I remember H- when H- CDs tracking. came out, they were expensive yeah. when they first came out. Yeah. Like you just couldn't get them. Yeah. You know, then it got to the point where. I remember as a kid, pretty much you could just bet if you wanted a piece of music, which was a CD, an album, it was 20 bucks. It was 1999. And that was kind of the standard for a really long time. And I, I don't remember, but I can tell you just because that's how history works. Whatever the, in the years leading up, those CDs would have been significantly more expensive and everything wouldn't have been on CD. Yeah. You know, like, oh, we just added Whitney Houston's catalog to CD. You know, I don't even want to know what the price was when that would have happened. But I remember 20 bucks. I mean, what's an album now? Seven, eight, eight ninety nine on iTunes. Maybe yeah. ten ninety nine if it's like you know Kanye or something that wants get, big money. You get the album cover and yeah. stuff, and you get like a little digital whatever to go along with it. You know, you pay a little extra for the the bits. But like, I definitely think media plays a big part into it. Of the course. era that it was in, besides just from the political side or whatever, which was it, a factor. Yeah, obviously. yeah. I mean, especially I would, the I would, time. Yeah, I would that say they were living in. I'd say it's a heavy factor, but also definitely think. It's the uh, the media coverage that you would have had, and um, just that it's just not the it's pre- it's not people think of jazz they think of cha 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 and it's funny. Well, just like Richie said, he just wasn't as famous. Yeah, so Cobb, what I would call a player's player. He knows he's known by musicians, but not a name ever turns to the public. Um, Neil Peart was a star in his own right, musician yeah. or not. Yeah, same thing with Travis Barker. I have friends who are not musicians. and they care like, less about Blink-182. Yeah. They know who he is. And they're like, you must like Travis Barker. He plays with all these dudes and does all this stuff. I'm like, I don't, I used to like him. I don't like him anymore. I know what he's done for the, the drumming community and the music industry, but he's not my guy. But all my friends that don't even listen, like, don't even like Blink-182, they know him. Yeah. They're like... He did that thing. He's got those tattoos. He's got crazy hair. Yeah. And then now, guess, I mean, this is really dumb that I know this because all my friends on social media be like, guess who Travis Barker's dating? One of the Kardashians, which makes... Oh, good Lord. So now he's in like even bigger life. Uh, again, was, what, you get another little bump. Yeah. And then he's on his way to becoming a freaking Neil Peart because if he becomes a literal household... I don't want to say household because that's not... He will. He will. I think if, if he gets... If he stays with the Kardashian girl, I, I can't believe we're in talk. I can't believe we're even talking about this on this freaking podcast. It's drum, it's drum we're, we're talking about the 
The Kardashians have now infiltrated the drum industry, ladies and gentlemen. You need to mark your calendars and mark the time because <laughs> you just watched music die on, uh, live on the internet right uh, now. But I think you know if he's you know solidifies himself with them. Just think of all the people who watch that show and keep up with them for no other reason besides just their name alone. And then now you have Travis Barker yeah. thrown into the mix. You're gonna have. You know, white suburban moms who've never listened to anything and be like, oh, she dates, she's married to that Travis Barker guy. He plays drums. I'd be like, Man. I might get me a Blink 182 album. Yeah, like you're going to have, like, it's you're basically going to like be watching, like, Legally Blonde, and it's that's the type of person who now knows who Travis Barker yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and all of a sudden you'll see it in the in the in the news or something, like sales skyrocket for Blink One Eighty. Like you know, it's I, all I linked. Can't even, I can't even think about like how much they'd be sitting on. Like if that happened, like a surge spikes for their record sales. Like people now discover, like oh, Travis Barker's not some random dude with tattoos and bald. I'll hit a mohawk and, th and think. Oh, and here would be the funny part <laughs> is that by transit of property of them going to Blink One Eighty Two and learning about Travis Barker, they learn about the Aquabats. The band he was in before, Jeez. and and then the Aquabats early stuff skyrockets. Then then ska becomes cool again. Oh, ooh, this is a domino effect we're playing. I think we're. This is fourth I, fourth wave ska is coming back. It's, it's there's be, your there's your call. Gonna, this is that's it. the next move on September sixteenth, twenty twenty one. Ska has officially made its way oh back God. into the Bronta. We'll be wearing checkered pants and. Suspenders undone, doing that weird kick dance. Oh God! <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. This is this is your first little glimpse. This, we are the new MTV News. You hear it first, and you heard it here. Um, that was a long one, basically, for us to gripe about uh, Eric Binder, but a good story nonetheless. Yeah, they got David Bygum. Sure as hell got a kick out of that. He's crying in the uh, yeah, in the uh, chat. <laughs> Still like him. I think this point holds up, but there's more to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else you got? Uh, let's see. Snare drums. Yeah. Suck. Evil, uh, evil, <laughs> sucky, vintage snare drums that are fighting Jared. Fighting Jared so bad that he's like, I'm just going to like leave them here. And if you can do something with them, do something yeah. with them. Like, it's, it's rough. Um, so I got the new hoops because I pulled one of them off. And they were, I didn't know how bent they were. God, they were they were bad. So those went in the trash pile. The other ones weren't that bad. So I put them in the save pile. So that and then the heads that weren't destroyed, I'm like, you get to go. And the vintage well, one of them is old that goes in the vintage head pile. Yeah, those don't get played. Those are just there as like history marks. Just all you can do is look at them. Yeah, like those. I have those really old remos from the 70s. Like those are cool. It's got the little blue stamp and it's real boxy. I'm like, that's cool. Like it. You're gonna go right there in that pile. Never be played. But it's just the TLC channel. <laughs> it really, it really is. We're like more like TMZ. This but is what we have devolved into, guys. But we'll be DMZ. JTO DMZ. Let me get you, you know, running around a little small. I'll get. To, we'll be cool. We'll get like the actual like video camcorders, but it has that VHS fuzz <laughs> film to God. it. It'll be perfect. <laughs> but um, so I got those new hoops on. I got brand new heads. You know, three sixties and Renaissance. It's all. Hot off the press. Like, these are brand freaking new. And I put them on. I'm like, okay. Crank, 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 crank. The student model one, I got it to sound good without wires. And then... Keep talking. And then I got the other one, sounded good without the wires on. 
well, the student model one had pure sounds. I'm like, and they weren't busted. They were really good. Um, they weren't, like, not one wasn't, like, way too loose than the other ones. They were pretty straight. And then I got a just a Bobo set of snappy wires by Gibraltar and put those on. And the cords that are on it were pretty rough. They're, like, they're hard. If you've ever, you guys have ever had them and you have to pull them off, it takes for absolutely ever to, like, you know, kind of get it through, and they're like, they're so caked on and just hard. So I put a new cord um, for the wires. The wires are in really good shape. Put them on. Uh, for one of them, I have to tighten it almost all, like, I'll tighten it to where it bottoms out, and then I'll turn it on, and it's still, when you hit it, it still buzzes. And for the Harlequin drum, it sounded great before I changed the heads, and then now it sounds like garbage. And then the student model... I can't get it to sound right. Um, it's got pure sounds, new chord, uh, same thing. I have it bottomed out, um, and it still, still, still sucks. I don't know what it is. Um, different. It's backwards. To go up, you must go down. Yeah, but that one I. Well, there's also. If it, if you're wondering, I put paper towel on the wires when they go on the rack, so whenever I play. I don't have 20 snare drums buzzing at once. Um, and that thing is tight and locked up. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I've got those things on there tight. Okay. That's patient number one. And it sucks. I'm so upset and about it. It sucks. It sucks. Over here, bad mouthing Gretch. Malone's glad he's at a gig right now because he'd be yelling at me. Dude, beautiful Evans on everything. Same thing, man. Beautiful Evans on everything. I've swapped for the sheer fact that I get points back. I'm sorry, Remo. Yeah, everything looks good, and it, it everything looks good. Oh yeah, sorry, you can't come up anymore. That I, I can't, and I've also got it cranked. I mean, you see how much cords hanging off the side? I literally bottomed out the the throw off. And what's in this one? Same thing, three sixty bottom with the snappy There's one. Three that are wrong. Well, that's the aluminum one that sucks. That the aluminum still same thing. It's that throw off that's garbage. Oh, that, okay. yeah. Whenever you tighten it up, it's it's the that rod is bent, and then that one seems the less baddest. But you gotta get it. And those are pure wires, pure sounds. If anyone has any ideas, please let me know what to do. I am at wit's end with these three snare drums. Don't lose that key. That's the OG key. All right. So we got work. We got work to do, guys. Let's see. Charlie Smith says, I have a similar situation with the Slingerland. I'm assuming your artist snare, that copper over wood. Um, have a play with the Rezo head tension that may assist it. Tighten it up, but back off two lugs either side of the wires a little bit. Um, I have always tightened down more the two yeah. tension rods where the beds are themselves. Yeah. So I did that. Loosen all the bottom lugs to the eighth of the turn nearest the throne. So they're telling me to, to back off the, uh, the, 
I'm sorry, I forget not to tap it, but they're telling me to, to loosen the others. The they're telling me to loosen the the rods at the snare beds. I'm gonna make sure. Yeah. Loosen the bottom lugs. Or rather tighten the other one. You know, don't tighten the ones at the bed, tighten yeah. the ones at the uh whatever. Yeah. But I've always tightened. But hey, the ones that's maybe that's that maybe that's the instant fix. That might be it. Because right now it's because I'm looking at three drums that should be perfectly fine. And I don't know why they're not. Look at all that. It's all that pretty Gretsch on the ground. Vincent. With all that beautiful Evans in that one gross-ass Remo. You can shut up about it. I've got... My kid you, you is have, currently yeah, headed out yeah, with say, emperors say, right now. You have now. no room to talk because I, I helped you put those emperors on last But Thursday. it's only because that will prove the point that I perfectly fit into a two-ply coated situation, and then I can go buy the UV2s. <laughs> After I tear these up, I'm gonna tear the, I'm gonna tear these up, like intentionally. That's disrespectful. No, because I know they can take it. Remember how long? <laughs> do you remember how long that emperor sat on the Midtown kit? A while. That was at least I would say like what a, almost a year. I was gonna say a year. Yeah, about. So a year. I know they can take it because that thing sounded fine, and toward the end it was just white in the middle, and the coating splayed out, dirty on the other. You know. So I know they can take it. It'll it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, we got some work to do. That is, uh, I need like forty eight GoPros where I can just, <laughs> you know, because I can't. I'm tired of grabbing stuff and turning it. But anyway, yeah. So we got three Gretches now that we got to do something with. That's probably what we'll try. We could. That's the first thing we could try is the uh, the magic sauce they're suggesting there. Definitely give that a shot. And between that and then, I want to get a razor blade. This is my last ditch effort with that. A what? A razor blade. For what? The 70s Gretsch, and I want to cut back uh, the wrap at the edge. Oh. And see if that makes the bass drum finally work. And if it doesn't, I will sadly <laughs> put it up for sale. And, say, and whoever, not say anything and just be like, shh. Whoever wants this, just take it because I'm so flabbergasted. Hey, I, it's I happened. Will, I, I it's will take happened. those heads off because those are some sweet freaking heads that are on that kit. I will pull those off. I'll put the ones Malone sent me on that, and then whoever gets it gets that, and then you will have a 12 and a 14 UV. No, sorry. You will have a 12 UV because the other one's a 16, and that's two 12s. You'll have, you'll have a head to start <laughs> you out, but I will take I bet rest. you we can, we, can, we can make some. But that's the thing with vintage drums. Luckily, I haven't had to deal with that problem in a long time. I'm staring at three Ludwigs, four Ludwigs. You got lucky on them. That all came out. Well, one of them came from you, so it's not that one is. I, you know, I knew it was going to be good. It came from you, but say now you got three Ludwigs, and they all came out fine. Really, four because Hugh got the other one. That's right. Um, and you've been obviously fairly lucky. You haven't really had much to gripe out, gripe about up until now. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see what we can do. And I put that coated P3 felt tone I got from Mississippi Music. Yeah, on that, on that uh, the bass drum that goes with that. The, yeah, the heart. Now, how does that sound? That sounds really, really good. I was hoping. I, I was hoping and praying. I uh, I am almost like had a heart attack when I put it on. Like how good it feels when you sit there and you are thinking while you're talking and you stare up 
like do it really quick just kind of stay it looks because of the angle of the gopro you have no neck you are a head that is built in like now when you stand up and you like now it's like a negative but when you're like talking and thinking and you do let me get up my camera and when you do this it looks like you have no neck even though you have plenty of neck um anyway um yeah, anything else? Um, Swindle is doing the holes for my little oh, bot right. kit. Yeah, yeah. And so that'll he's waiting to get the bid in for um the lugs cuz they're a different size from what he has for the lugs he uses. Yeah. Um but once he gets those put on, he's got the mount, he's got the legs, he's got the reference photos for the legs. Um he's recutting or he's fixing my failed uh edges I put on that Super Classic um that gut wire snare. I got forever ago that I try yeah. to redo. Um, he's getting that to sound better for me and it's going to be I'm doing it again? Yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway, and, go ahead. And so I got that. Um, so hopefully next Wednesday I'll be able to pick it up if everything comes nice. in. Um, and I've been watching a bunch of rap videos and here's what I want to do. It's a little so I want to do for, I'm going to ask for this for Christmas. I'm going to ask for a white marine pearl wrap for that Ludwig. Which one? The super classic with the gut wires. Yeah. The yeah. one I, my, yeah, yeah. my first restoration project that I goofed up hardcore with the being lazy and not taking the badge off. And so it's like, that is just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to. Kind of like the. Uh, yeah. The floor tom legs on the. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I still don't know how that came out wrong. It. I wish I could use the R word right now, but I can't. It really came out. And you try to put it on me. I'm like, no, Stephen, you cut the holes. You were there. It just there. shows you how much I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, you were there. You literally. I, was, I literally looked at Jared and I was like, who the hell drilled these holes? And then I looked at you and I go, you did. I did it. <laughs> I had no clue. Not yeah. only had I no clue, I've looked at that drum a hundred times since then. I'm obviously, there was a reason. Like, we were buttoned up against the strainer or something. It, it's the, you, you cannot get a good uh, even um, placement across the three legs on the uneven, so on, on, the, on that six lug drum for oh my God. for that 14. But it's here it's, and it's, it's alive it's and it done. works. It does work. It's so done. screw it. Um, <laughs> but the big thing uh, is I'm going to try to do a wrap myself on that one. Yeah. yeah. And uh I've told myself that if that uh, bop kit doesn't sound like hot garbage when it's all done, <laughs> I'm just praying it turns out right. He, uh, Swindle looked at it. He said, these are really good shells from what he looked at construction-wise. We want to see if it sounds good. Yeah, We're yeah. doing rondo edges. It's going to be basically like a jazzette. It's well, and eventually you got to push out and get into those things you're not necessarily comfortable with. Yeah. Cutting a bearing edge, wrapping a kit. Like, you know, eventually... I'll, and I'll, you might suck. Yeah. Like when I tried to cut the bearing edge on that little sliver of drum that was left, it's like you might totally F it up. Yeah. But at least now you've gotten the worst one, which is the first one, out of the way. So So I wanna I wanna wrap it, see how it you know, how it unfolds. Yeah, yeah. And well hopefully it doesn't unfold. <laughs> Good point. Under Gosh. the lug guys. Always under, under the, the lug. lug. If it's not, you're wrong. <laughs> um but I want to give a shot at wrapping that drum, and if it turns out well, great. And then if that Frank said, "Oh, rap videos, not rap videos." <laughs> Sorry, Frank. Actually, I'm going to stop you right there. Up until this moment in time, Frank, I was with you. I thought 
even though we're talking about rapping a drum, I thought you said you've been sitting around watching rap videos. No, W-R-A-P. Like, rap. you know, O-P-P. <laughs> a Tribe Called Quest. Like, I get it. That's fine. If that's what you like to do, that's totally cool. I'm with you, Frank. I'm 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 with you. Yeah. I thought you meant rap videos. What, drum rap videos of guys <laughs> doing that. And so if that bob kit doesn't suck, I want to do it. If the snare drum is going to be white marine pro, I want to do the the jazz ish has at kit and green marine pro. Ooh. I think that one would look kind of funky, slightly kind of classy. You can do it. It's not. It's, and it's really. Let's be honest. You can do it. Yeah. The, the hard part's the bass drum because it's two pieces. Yep. Because it's an eighteen. If it was a sixteen, wouldn't need it. And for that f- fact alone, I'm like, you know what? I might just get a 16 and just, nope, I'm, like, I'm going to suck it yeah, up. Yeah, do it. Swindle's going to help me do the, the bass drum. He said, eventually when I get it all done, he's like, you know, I'll show you. That's really easy. Like, all those videos you watch online, he goes, are dumb. They do it the wrong way. He goes, I'll show you the easy way, how I wrap them even faster and even better. I'm like, you can do it. That's promising. I believe you can do it. So that's that's my, you know, thing going on. Um, I had a very weird pipe dream uh i found a new drum shell company that sells shells pretty reasonable called nordic okay um uh i said swindle uh malone has a buddy that works there okay. from college and i was like do you know anything about these shells and he's like actually a buddy of mine works there he goes and they actually on the hush hush supply shells to certain drum manufacturers Ooh. he's like so he's like so their shells are legit and i was like I priced out some walnut. I was like, what would it be to get a walnut ply kit? Like, if I wanted to have, like, this this is the beat up, just be abusive, but also sound really good. And I was like, what would, how, much, how much would it be? It cost about $500 before taxes for a 13, 16, 22. That's wa- not expensive. In, in walnut. Yeah, in walnut. That's not expensive at all. No, God, no. Huh. And you can even so you can even ask about anything in you know old stock or probably sit you cheaper. So I was like, well, that'd be cool because I watched some more of we call him the the fat uh, Stan Moore uh, Bernie Dressel. And I just love that full dress, and I thought it'd be cool to do a full dress kit. I saw this uh, company called Wallopus Drum Wrap, and they make full dress. Oh, that's uh, cool. And they make the full dress um, stick on. Uh, diamonds oh. and they can do whatever shape you want to that's cute and i was like you know what get a black sparkle and then do a purple um inner with a green glitter out outer okay. and put that on like that'd be classy kind of old school so i'm like i don't want to do the white with the, yeah. with the red and gold that's that's too old school i want to be i want to harness the oldness but make it cool it's 2021 bro you gotta gotta live in the now even thought to do maybe like a pink with you a white, like I mean, be, there's, and they can do look. any color. Um, so that that's that was like my little like, you know what? That'd be really cool. Do uh, walnut shells. Yeah, two blocks. Need more drums. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I I want to get rid of some, but you need more drums. <laughs> Going back to what y'all were talking about earlier, Charlie said, ironically, the Slingerland sounded terrible initially in my studio, but as soon as I took it out to a gig in a big room, it sounded great. So if in doubt, 
move to another room. That happens all the time. I generally don't want my drums to sound good in this room. You want them to sound good at the juke joint? Cause well, not even that. I want them to sound good in anywhere else. And usually if they sound kind of, eh, here, I'm fine. They sound a little too good in here, and then I get somewhere else, and they're like humming weird or whatever. The juke is just, if you can even tune a drum set to sound okay in the juke, you get points in my book just because that little square box is horrible um and actually um and you'll understand the weight of this because he's never serious and rarely is genuine um brennan complimented the kit sunday when he got off he's like dude that's the best your kit sounded in a while now granted this is all back to a fresh full set of sabians which i think has something to do with it and I changed the heads on the toms again, and I fixed that. Not it didn't need fixing. Let's be honest, it did not need fixing. That's the reference snare drum. It is beautiful. It is uber expensive, and I'm completely happy with my purchase. But I did what I've done to every pearl drum that really I ended up liking, and it's the reason I like my free floater so much. I went and bought. Not pure sound, not fat cat, not whoopity doo, <laughs> not the pearl overpriced brand. Yeah. Um, I bought the cheap $20 Gibraltar 42 strand, that silver one you always see in the stores, the fattest one you can get. The snappy one. Yeah. And put that on there. Oh my God, did it change the sound of that drum completely? It's like a wood version of my brass. Same size. They're both six and a halfs. And now it's like the wood answer to what you can't get out of the brass one. I was like, oh, my God. All it was was it, it probably wasn't the heads that whole time. I was fighting with whatever the hell I had on there. It was those wires because now it's like I feel like I could put any head on there and it would be fine. And I think that's another reason Brennan complimented the kit on Sunday, I was like, the snare is completely different. All those nice Sabians up there, or back up there. I was like, that's, and you know, Brennan, he's never serious. No. So for him to say that, I was like, okay, you're on to something. And the kit sounded great at the gig the weekend previous with uh, the Emperors on it. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I love me some Remo. It just always is weird having a Evans and a bunch of Remo around. Well, that's it. how my stuff's looking now. It's a bunch of Evans and an odd Remo here and there. Because I'm, I just, it's just the points, man. It just, I did that and I was like, wow, that's a bunch of snare wires. I don't even care about heads. It's the wires. Yeah. Because I was, you going, always need wires. Because I was going through and I was kind of tuning up some drums this past week and um, that Legend Brass. Sounded good with those big wires, and then I played it this week, and it sounded like garbage. So I'm like, I'm gonna have to just move down to some smaller wires for that because I have the big ones, which on is it. the case sometimes. And I played my renowned snare drum, sounded great when I put that new UV2 on it, played it up. Wires sound like garbage on it now. I think maybe my ears might be changing a little bit to yeah. what I used to like. Um, I pulled out Swindle snare drum, oh. and it sounded really good. I put the Swindle kit back up this week that 16 inch floor tom sounds like a monster so i'm been thoroughly pleased this week put the bongos on top of the bass drum put my cowbell melt on just getting a little weird just trying something different it's nice when it goes right and it those toms sound amazing uh i got them finally dialed in like correct i'm gonna get some drum tacks for them because i got two moon gels on each 
Um, I'll just put a drum tech on it and. I'm so ready to do that review for those cheap drum dots, knockoffs. I'm going to rip them a new one. Great on anything but coated. Well, but great on anything, but you put them on there, use them, and when you take the head off, just don't even try to take them off. Because once you take them off, they're not going to stick to anything ever again. They, they are one, literally, that's probably why they're 10 bucks and you get 48 of them. They're one use. There's no, oh, you can put it in the hot soapy water. You know, no, no, no. no. These are done when they are done. And that is it. I'm going to rip them a new one. Um, but I've never tried the drum track, the drum tack brand. A friend of mine has them on his drums and, uh, he's had them on the, his toms for now for so long. Um, I don't think they would stick back on because they like from the videos I've watched, you can pull them back off, wash them and put them back on with the special adhesive they've used with 3M that they've talked about. Yeah. But one guy said in one of the product demos, he was like, but if you keep this on and don't move it for a while, it's like, it will become one with your head. He's like, and if you just need, like you guaranteed, you know that that's the sound you want and need. Don't want to touch it. You're golden. Hmm. He's like a lot of studio guys like to use that for that reason where no matter where they go, boom, quick tune up if you got to. Yeah. But it, that's it. You know, it said, um, a lot of folks cut them in half. Yeah. yeah. Just use the half. I used to do that with, uh, moon gels. A lot. I always needed half, which is why I like drum dots so much because they have that drum dot mini and it's just perfect size. Yeah. Like that for me, you put that little tiny one on any snare and it's like just takes just enough of that hum off the edge. And uh, but I, I've never tried the drum drum tack, so I'll have to try that. But I'm going to rip that that knock off a new one, man. It's going to be my it's going to be my viral moment. Millions of views. No, nobody gets nobody. <laughs> no drum video gets millions of views. Not off the bat, at least. It takes years. We'll, we'll change that. We'll, we'll become, we'll become <laughs> yeah. the new T, TMZ of, of the drum world. And there you go. Uh, this is the part in the show where Derek is probably screaming at the television screen. Move on to the next segment. Stop talking. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, Derek will be all right. Uh, actually, you clean us up in the chat while sure. I pull up a photo. Sorry, guys. I'm feeling chipper, uh, so it's a little off the rails let's see I meant tighten the lugs except the closest I'll read that again Frank to myself I think you're saying um, the Mark Whitney I can handle old school rap it's the new country that makes me barf oh it's terrible it's bad absolutely terrible I was telling Steven I was getting back into more like the old folksy like uh, Willie Nelson type country stuff there you go i just i listened to something on the radio a friend of mine suggested because i don't listen to the radio i haven't turned the actual radio on in years my my pop knowledge comes from people i work with and that's it or whatever's on instagram that's as, that's as much pop as i get um i was like this is gross charlie smith i've been trying the brass 16 strand cannabis snare wires those things sound great not cheap but definitely on par if not better than pure sound depending on the drum i know that carter mclean was like F you pure sound and he does all cannabis wires and all of his snare drums. I watched that video Ooh. or teaser a while back on his Instagram. Yep, it's all cannabis. And there's a really good video if anyone's out there interested in cannabis wires. Um, there's a guy who plays on the same drum, all the wires. Nice. Doesn't touch tension. Yeah, it just the, takes the. Just uh, puts every and he goes through and plays like a roll, taps, accented, then a groove with every single wire. I'm like, nice. Dope. Big fan. So nice. If you need to 
you know, check out some wires. Um, and he has all the different line. I mean, literally every wire from the 10 strand to a 16 to a 42 of every of every line. I mean, that's good, though. Yeah. If you want to know specific to a brand. Yeah. Um, is that it? That's it. Oh, sweet. Okay. Um, so, number one, as usual, thank you to all of the Legacy members that are watching and hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. Everybody thus far should have their stickers. I'm talking to you, Frank. Everybody should have received their stickers by now. Um, if anybody sees their name on this list later on, or live right now and you want to get your sticker all you have to do is send your mailing address to beardedrums at gmail.com so I can get your legacy sticker out to you that is what it looks like don't you want it you know you want it or if you just want to hang out with us every week you will obviously eventually become a legacy member yourself um, other than that everybody please do remember that there is the audio-only version of the show that you can catch on all of the major podcasting platforms. Obviously, we're live here on YouTube every Thursday at 6, but you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Simply search the term Bearded Drums, and you can hear the audio-only version so you're not eating up data. Or if you're working on a project and you just want to hear us and not have to watch the video, you can do that as well. So just reminding everybody that if you want to check us out, that is for the audio-only version of the podcast now this week in there was a lot of drum news there's been a lot of drum news uh you know generally going on you got uh charlie watts passing away um and then i look up this week and there are let me get over to it um did you happen to see about the new yamaha kit i did i saw lauren o. lewis tearing it up the other night yes very cool <laughs> um that was a sleeper that's kind of came out of nowhere i knew it and it's not we're not at nam we're not no i mean they're doing basically they're following what i would consider the model of the the video games just before christmas you know around halloween time which we're almost what is it september 15th or something 16th. we're almost to october so they're doing that kind of model instead of like at nam or summer nam winter nam they're like no we're gonna do the model so we can get this out and sell some which is what i'm hoping for because i have to admit i absolutely hate electric drums but these look really good number one and then that like you said then you, all you have to do is go to youtube and search the yamaha what is this the dtx uh there's two it's dtx 10 yeah, yeah. and then there's the dtx i don't want to say 40 but that seems like a big of a jump. i just went to the yamaha website it's the you know you go to electronic drums it's the first thing up um so this is what their new offering is. It sounded really good in the video. You can check it out on YouTube. It's got Larnell Lewis in it. Um, and I believe he's playing the DT-10, right? I think so. I'm so I pulled this from the Yamaha website so you could see what it's looking like. And then here are the features. Um I can't read that. Yeah, I can. It says beautiful acoustic drum shells, which I have to admit, going back to the other picture, it's one of my favorite finishes that they do, which is just amber. But something about the fact that they don't overgloss amber, which kind of even oranges it up, maybe into the red hue more every time you gloss over another, you know, every coat. I really like 
this reminds me of one of the kits I had a long time ago, which was uh, a Yamaha Stage Custom in 2010, 12, 14. And it was in that finish. The Honey Amber is a really good finish. I always yeah. like that. Um, They're hard to find, which is weird. Yeah. So we've got beautiful acoustic drum shells. Totally agree. A kick that makes you want to play more. That's a bold claim. That is a very bold claim because that is a claim. very weak spot in any electronic drums arsenal is the feel and the fact that I'd get way too much bounce off of a electronic kick, no matter what the brand. And that I think just from a marketing standpoint, that's very tough too. that a claim like that. I know we covered something in class, like saying it will make you do something like you will sound better. You was like, Jim, it's kind of, you will be a Neil Peart, but I, with Yamaha and there's the reputation it might. I don't know. Because generally, like you, said, like you said, electric bass drums, generally you either get the really crappy, no matter how good it is, even oh, yeah. the, even that fancy rolling, whatever the top of the line rolling come with that every couple of years, like the TD 20 or 25 the B, the B or 5,000, yeah. um, even the bass drum mesh heads don't feel like a real kick drum. Nah. And then you have those, you either have a rubber that's too soft you have a rubber that's too hard. Yeah. And you in It's tough. It's it's to get the balance. Yeah, because I've the ones I've played on, you'll you'll get that multiple bounce. Yeah. Back, I get it, it all the time. It, and it still triggers. I get no it. No matter how much you bury the beater, it's I still gonna it. flutter. All of the friggin' time. Uh reproduces what does that say? I can't see that. Reproduces far. delicate symbol work. Well, again, I'm gonna just trust him on this because Yamaha does do a good job, but again, Rubber symbols suck. Let's be honest. I don't care. I'll argue that all day. But the trigger technology they've been yeah has been getting a lot better in recent years. So I mean, again, I will just I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that one and just say okay, check mark it. Combines durability and ease of use. Well, that's obvious. Durability has always been a thing for Yamaha, um, and then easy recording, editing, and sharing. Blah blah blah. That's a new thing. Everybody's putting that in there. You know, there's got to be a way to share now. And, but that's been a big thing with their EAD recently. Yeah, yeah. Has Everybody been, loves has that. Has been the app because you can now sync your yep. music up to it. So there's almost no need for you to have a DAW to a certain degree for like short and sweet stuff. For sure, yeah. I mean, if, like, do you need a DAW? Not or video editing software. If you want something quick and dirty, not really. You pull your phone out, yeah, whatever. You just I mean, look at the success with the EAD. So, I mean, I I'm willing to give benefit of the doubt and we'll just have to see. Now, I'll stop it there because it's going to lead into our main point. So, yeah. I'm I'm going to cut you off now. Um, <laughs> but they made a they did say ease of use and I I'm I, benefit of the doubt given. I, now, if it I, comes out and it sucks, then you're just another in the long line of sucky trying to be a drum but not a drum now if they do something or at least make a step forward awesome i'll be i'll weep with tears i'll be waiting for the 65 drums it's fine but once he once when yeah 65 that's drum, yeah when 65, 65 drums lets you know that's a pretty good um uh you know uh he's my definitive take on anything electronic drum wise if he doesn't like it i don't like it I need my notes because I don't want to forget anything I had written. Now, actually, you saw I wrote stuff down for this week. You did. Um, you can check off yeah, Yamaha Electronic Drums. Nice. Uh, Frank said he got a sticker. Nice. So sent a picture. Yeah, I got the drum. pictures. I, I'm, things move too fast over here when we're podcasting. I don't think about the fact that, of course, I know you got the sticker because you sent me the photo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlie said, absolutely agree. The fact that NAM 2022 has been pushed back to summer has also helped with a lot of companies now deciding on a pre-Christmas release. Yeah. Like, which is really what you should be. If you're talking about who gives a crap what the musicians think 
what about Summer Nam? And what about hanging out with Jimi Hendrix? Like, nobody cares. Like, if you're talking about a sales standpoint, this is the time to let it out. So, it, yeah. it you know, it makes sense. Any more for I cut you off? No, oh, you're fine. That's it. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Let's let's see what happens with the DT-10. I, I'm, I hate stupid electronic drums, but even I was like, all right, you have my attention. Let's see what happens. Um, moving on, um, they had a great video this week from Pearl Drums featuring Grayson Necrutman. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but he's showing off the new Pearl President Series. And whatever you, about the drums, you know, I'm not, I, you know, they're great drums, but that's not the point. Just go watch the video on YouTube. Uh, it's probably their latest upload just to see that little kid swing, like with a, with a couple of like guys that obviously Pearl hired to play with him. It yeah. was a, it was a really good. So check that out. They got a president, uh, Pearl president video out with Grayson Necrutman. And um, oh, that is for when we get to his picture. So that's kind of your. Oh, no. Do you watch Joshua Crawford? The guy that breaks down nothing but he, he all he does is break down drum videos and it's usually gospel chop stuff. Uh, is it the black dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay, so he also plays really well too. He plays. He's a great player. Yeah. Okay, so what you need to do, and you're going to do it right after this podcast is over. Um, all of you go search Joshua Crawford. Probably type in Joshua Crawford drums, and you'll see his channel. He basically does reactions to monsters chopping it up famous people gospel drummers little kids you know that kind of stuff that makes you want to quit um but he did the last two uploads were really funny he did a skit basically and it was um talking about being a uh, a gospel church player and it was like when the get i didn't know this was a thing they have guest drummers come in i guess kind of like guest pastors so it's like when the guest drummer comes in and the first video was funny and it made some like jokes that any drummer would go yeah that's happened to me and then it got to part two i was laughing out loud in the car it's really funny and it's all the whole thing is about if you're the house drummer for a gospel church what happens and ensues when the guest drummer comes in for the weekend and there's two parts the first one's funny the second one is hilarious so joshua crawford drums on youtube go it's i think that's his last two uploads as well it's like part one and part two of like guest drummer at the gospel church. Watch it. It is hilarious. You will, I promise you will laugh. So check that out. That's pretty much all I had for news this week. Um, now we can move into viewer submission. Oh, what? I mean, what? No, that's right. Just the, the look you gave me. No, I actually just drew a blank in you came in and saved me at the right time. Jason's YouTube videos are insanely good. They are. He's killer, man. He, he'll bring swing back single-handedly for drummers. Um, let's start now. You should have photos for everybody except for Josh because for some reason the text won't squash down in the screen on his email, so you'll actually have to read that from the email when we get to him. Uh, but whose picture do you have? And I'll give you their photos. Um all I have is Charlie's and Frank's. Okay. So Charlie is right there, and you give him the description. Charlie goes, Hi, guys. Thanks again for the sticker and the Groovecast plug last week. Really excited for the release of episode one this coming Saturday. By the uh, way, this email is how old? Uh, this is from the 28th of July. Yeah, so quite a while back. There's also episode two out now with Groovecast. So yes. Check it out. 
Um, hope you didn't mind us cutting the snippet and sharing it on the socials. Uh, you're good. No, um, that was awesome. Thank yeah. you. Uh, that all aside, I just had this guy's join. This guy join the herd. Funnily uh, enough, an eBay spot while listening to last week's livecast. It's a seventy-five-ish, five by fourteen single and artist model in the ultra rare copper overwood finish. Actually, a good piece of copper plated uh, sheet steel wrapped around the shell. The shell itself is a three-ply mahogany poplar maple with the maple reinforcement rings. Most people would associate this drum in the finish with the late, great Neil Peart, as it's the same one as his Old Faithful, which he bought in a pawn shop for 60 bucks and used on every show and album from 1975 to 97 when he switched to a DW, uh, Craviato, and Edge model. So this is not only rare, but has a connection, which is rather cool. Yeah, it's funny. We're just we're just talking, talking about it. See, it's, it's everywhere. As um, as for what I've been doing with it, a very light dusting, as it's all, as all it's had so far, but will eventually get a proper strip and chrome polish. The copper itself is really fragile, so that will be left well alone. Zoomatic throw-off is one of the smoothest I've come across and is so nice to use indeed. It came to me with a new ambassador on top which was changed immediately for an Evans UV-1 and the original resident head and wires, though I have a Hazy 320 strand uh, pure on order. But just as it is right now, it sounds incredible. So sensitive and resonant with a wonderful articulation and a great rim shot from the stick saver hoops on it. It's a keeper for sure. Enjoy the picks and keep doing what you do. Hopefully, I'll make it through this week's episode without buying any more gifts. <laughs> That's funny. I personally love... There's nothing more interesting than a metal over wood drum. And that and when Charlie sent me the photos, uh, when he got it, very, very good condition. That, yeah. cause normally, that copper is rough. Copper's tough. Um, but it's a great... I can, I can almost hear the damn thing. Because of the because of this picture, I can hear that maple. I mean, uh, that what do you say, maple poplar maple? Maple poplar. Uh, sorry, mahogany poplar maple. I forgot they always they I put can, the, I can you know I'm those, used to poplar being on the out either the yeah, outside yeah. Uh, for some drums, but I forgot that since it's got the glue on it because it's old. Yeah, it's yeah. the mahogany goes on the outside because it takes glue better. Thank you, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can hear this drum already, and I know it, that will be a cool player to have. That is, I was probably telling you something on eBay. Um, but yeah, that's a, and it's like you said, it's in really good condition. Um, that, and is that, I think that was the one he was referring to earlier in the comments. Yes, he was. Um, that is the, one that sounded like crap in the studio, yep. and then we took it out live, and she sang. I'm also going to ask you this, Charlie. Is that the one that you've been using um, with your uh, show band that you're in recently? I know that he posts those cool snippets of him doing that. Um, it's a really cool gig, that uh, um, live entertainment thing, where they, yeah, do, yeah, yeah. they do like a, like the tribute-esque band. Yeah. Like the Maroon Live 5, whatever it's called. Um that, that cool was a cool video that he did with that recently, um, where I don't know how the stage is done, but like the the band stage, like the drum and everything rotates from behind a wall. Nice, but that's cool. So I guess like it maybe it's like a multi-use love, like theater esque thing. Yeah, yeah. Where like you have the regular stage for like people dancing and doing whatever, or like theatrics, and then you have the band and it just. Scoop. Reminds me of those old Scooby Doo episodes where, like, you pull, yeah, you pull <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's funny. 
Um, well, that, like I said, that is a sharp looking drum. And I love any kind of like, you know, the Buddy Rich with the chrome over the wood and this being the um, uh, copper over the wood. I like that's one that I wish I could get my hands on would be uh, like a, the because they're discontinued now is one of those free floating coppers that or even if I could just find the shell insert for mine. That would be a cool one to have. I always like the way copper sounded. Um, yeah, that's a killer looking drum, man. Uh, for three twenty five, you can get a copper DIY kit from Drum Supply. No, 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 no. We're we're uh, we're well. You can get it Pearl un- International. You can get it undrilled here. to uh, to put into your uh, Pearl International over here. Whatever. That's what we do. That's how we live. Um, well, thank you for sending that in, Charlie. That is a dope looking drum, and I hope you can get it to where it, you know, sounds both awesome in the studio and live, not just one or the other. Um, granted, I have to admit, my live snare, the reference, is kind of a bit much in this room, and uh, it probably just sings better out in the open. In this tiny little room, it does not do that well. That that big boy. The more I get to know him, I require or I understand that he requires things. Getting to know you. He's like, no, you're not going to hit me with a 7A. That ain't going to happen because that ain't going to do anything. That's like, you know, that's about all he feels when when I hit him with a small stick. He likes big sticks and he likes big rooms. And I have to give it to him. Otherwise, he doesn't perform as great. I'm just my mind is being flooded back to the one night where you kept slapping the crap out of my back playing. When I was drunk? Yeah, one of those late... One of my fear, my my bi-yearly drunken... Yeah, it's it's whenever uh, Britain stays and plays all the songs we want on the jukebox, and I have the chair fighting you off, because you kept coming up going, Taka, taka, kacha, kacha, chun, chun. You're playing air drums on my shoulders. I think my... I get a little... uh, I get a little punchy. I went home and my my whole back was red. I get a little punchy when I'm drunk. Whole back was just red. Not like in an aggressive way, but it's more like playful, but I don't realize how hard I'm smacking you. No, that's when he normally he has no candy, so he's just letting it out on something else instead of chewing. Um, Charlie says to answer your question, he said he's been rotating between the artist and the '63 Acrylite, depending on the acts he's been backing. Can't go wrong with either one of those. No, of course no. not. No, no. I've, well, I've been scouring for like thrift stores for an Acrylite because I'm not paying two twenty-five. I have a pearl Acrylite. <laughs> That's all I have. Um, and to answer my question, he said, managed to dial it in now since swapping the wires for the cannabis ones. They just sweetened it up, and it hasn't moved from the kit in the studio recently. Might take it out tomorrow's uh, gig. That's awesome. And it's always nice when you can really dial in a snare drum, and you can't always trust the manufacturer to do it right. No, which is I would depressing. Would, well, it's not, but I, like in my case, it's not a bad thing because I can understand whatever just going with standards but I would like want to write an email and be like if you're going to sell any reference series six and a half you need to stick minimum I would say minimum 42 but maybe everybody doesn't want that many minimum what's 36 like the fat 30. boy you want the, they need to be putting two. they don't need to be putting 12s and 16s and 20s on those big ass drums because those drums like <laughs> and they're also I don't think snare beds are that narrow anymore for 12 at that point you're just cutting corners I think mine's not I, 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 I looked at it before I ordered them to check I was like I don't want to get something bigger than the bed they cut the bed so wide on that thing you can it'll accept anything yeah that's a that's a weird thing that they they send drums with wide beds but very narrow. All within 16 strand you know yeah 
which I guess if you're cutting costs or if, like I said, I that's the standard. You just want to give everybody an unsalted meal and let them put the salt on. Okay, that's fine. I understand that method. But in this case, it's like, man, if y'all are shipping out reference series six and a half, put the big wires on them. It just sounds better. Yeah, that that's just the something that I, you mentioned that. I think that's I wish they would do that. Where like whatever the drum you get has the wires that should be on. like when I got that broadcaster retro right yeah, yeah had the wide beds I got the big thirty two yeah Gretsch uh, branded wires mm-hmm. like and I haven't changed the wires because that's what that drum needed for how it was built and they yeah. gave you what it needed I think it's weird that if you're gonna cut a drum with big beds you should give big wires yeah, big, if you I don't mean, why did why did you cut the beds yeah, if you didn't want the beds to you know to be that wide you shouldn't have cut them that wide well, and we then, wanted to let you salt it we didn't want to over salt it for you. <laughs> That's no, what they're gonna say. No, that's that's what they're gonna say. They're gonna say well, we don't want to do anything. It's gonna, you know, so we just give you the standard, and if you want to go from there, you go from there. So I get it. You know, it's 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 part of it. Um, who's next before we get onto another um, tangent? I have uh, Frank. Okay, that's the only, me, it's the only two pictures I have. The other one is the Chewy. Josh is in the. Um, Josh is in the uh, email. Email. Who's mom? Your mother. Mom, I can't talk right now. She's she's gonna say, "Did you get back with the trailer okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Did it rain on the couches? No, it did not. They're fine. So, mom, if you see this later, sorry, I can't talk right now. Mom, why you call me during the podcast? Mom, God. Um, Okay, Frank is ready to go and thank you frank you've never sent in anything before i don't think no you have this is your second time i believe sending stuff in um so thank you for adding to our show this week um jared so, oh, what are you doing you, you te- were you texting your mom swindle oh okay Sorry. No, that's cool um we got frank my legacy sticker i just wanted oh wrong one that's fine there we go um i just want to let you guys know my sticker arrived in the other day it found a new home on the wall of my music room. Thanks. The second picture attached below is a recent non-drum project. My dad played the saxophone for a few years in the 50s. He bought this sax, when, which I managed to date from... God. I uh, managed to date 1922. That thing is a 99-year-old saxophone. Um, and of course, the stupid thing turns it sideways. I mean, you get the idea. You yeah. can see it, but still, it aggravates me when it does. It just randomly chooses to turn pictures sideways. It sat in pieces in a box in a garage at a cousin's house for 60 years until she gave it to me. Had to put all the rods and keys back in place and remove the tarnish. I built this frame, used a laminated uh, poster as a backdrop, got a plaque made, and mounted the sack as a tribute to my father. Finishes week, and it'll be hung in the music room. That is sweet. Frank, I bet that like 50 dudes who play sax saw that from 1922 would be like let me put on new cork uh yeah yeah for, for on it and it's like let me take it for a ride because i bet i think I, it came out really nice yeah and i bet that thing sounds sweet for as old as it that's is that's cool looking man oh yeah i love it i don't like the the backdrop uh i'm assuming that's somewhere in jersey um if not please enlighten us yeah, I think that came out super slick. I love having... Um, that's what I was going to... Well, actually, we're not there yet. I still can't say it. i to keep my secrets until the parts of the show where I can reveal as much. Um, but yeah, that looks killer. I would love to have some... I mean, I have a lot of stuff like that hanging in my house, and that would be a nice addition. I love... 
what would you call it? Like not three dimensional, but like not, you know, where there's stuff on top of stuff, whatever that means. Like the sacks is on top, you know, Breslow, we need your, yeah, we need your input. <laughs> what, what would you call this, Josh? What is, what is this in the art world? Yeah. What is, what do we consider this? He said, yes, it needs new cork. I've been told $1,000 to repair. It's a pick of New York city. Jesus Christ. Well, that's either way. That's super cool. And will look super cool hanging up in your home. And, um, also thank you very much for the other one where you put it on the, um, I I want to, I want to stop you real quick before you continue. I want you to, I'm going to go ahead and say this now. I'm full Kanye. Uh, yeah, Evans, uh, might've won, but Remo should have gotten Grammy of the year. I want you to look, (laughs) that is a fiber skin head with the Gretsch logo. That's not, I want you to look at that because the calf tones do not have that, uh, hardcore shading. That's a fiber skin, uh, which is by Remo. And I want you to check the bottom, which is the standard of, uh, the world. Um, that's a Gretsch logo right there. That is a Gretsch logo. And then I'll check out the, the head to the left as well. Uh, that's another Remo. That's another Remo. Well, I mean, it makes sense because Remos are just good for writing on. And uh, <laughs> every time you get a every time you get a head with a Gretsch logo on it, you take it off the drum and hang it on the wall. So shots fired. I think I take that round. Ding. That's a Stab you That's hilarious. Yes. Thank you, Frank, for sending that in. It looks great. I'm glad you got your sticker. That piece of wall art with the saxophone is super dope um thank you and again all you have to do if you want to send something into the show bearded drums at gmail.com that is where you need to send your photos or like a 30 second or shorter video or you can find jared and myself on instagram at j underscore rat or at s nelson underscore junior now my father's calling me Good Lord, with the parents today. He's probably going, Why didn't you answer your mother? Can we we move those couches now? Like, "Ah, I don't know. It's uh, 722. I called you at like 3. So let's uh, let's not worry about that in the middle of the podcast, Dad. God, Mom and Dad won't leave me alone. Um, So thank you, Frank. We do appreciate that. And I'm glad you got your sticker. Um, Now, moving on to, did we do Mark? Uh, I don't. I have a picture for Mark. Do you not have a picture for Mark? No. Then um, let, no, all I have is just those two. I will go to the email then because obviously I either didn't transfer it over. But anyway, let's see. So Sorry for uh, Swindles texting me about uh, the edges for that Ludwig classic. And I'm going against the grain instead of keeping the round over that Ludwig would have done. I'm getting 45s put on that bad boy. So nice. So when that when and look at Mark Whitman mid podcast sending me emails of new projects. He's always on top of it. If I can find this old email, is this it? Nope. That I was, did see that cool spray paint job he did uh, this past week. That was I think amazing. that might be what he just sent me. I just didn't look that hard because I'm trying to find the other out of all these emails. Is this it? Nope, ahead that's the, the one that we did last week, so we're getting close. One more. Show me one more, Mark. Is this it? Show me potato salad. Is this it? Nope, I think I've might I'm, You know, I might have messed up here because now I can't find... Derek's scolding us right now. I can Derek that. probably is scolding. Here we go. Is this it? Nope, that's the teal kit. We've already <laughs> done that. Okay, that's 
snare. We already did that. Slowly getting back to it, guys. We're finding it. There's a lot. I, I, there's a lot of Mark in here. Um, Mike Malone, Mark. Nope, that's the one. We've already done that one. Why? I just realized we have a lot of guys with similar names. We got Mike and Mark. We got multiple <laughs> Davids. And then there's Dave. Um, shout out to Josh and Richie for being the outliers. I miss Spencer. What happened to Spencer, Greg said? Yeah, we haven't had a... Maybe, well, we might have lost him in the... Uh, when we were down for four weeks. Um, you know, that's how that happens. Somebody doesn't see you on regularly, and they just assume you're either not doing it anymore. Um, well, I can't freaking find it. Well, if you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell icon clicked uh, for notifications, you will never miss a podcast. And you have to go into the bell setting and make sure it's set to all. Okay. Now I'll just find Joshua Breslow's and we'll do his. Am I even in the right? Yeah. Okay. Josh should be... What the heck? Here it is. Okay. You'll see what I'm saying. Like, you'll have to swipe side to side to get all the text in there. Oh, goodness. I forgot. You got copyrighted strike last time over here singing Menomino. No. We got copyrighted. We got copyright striked on the song that... It's not even a song. The beat. It's the intro video where you see the logo and it's just going... I, may, I sat on the drums and just played the stupid little beat and then affected the crap out of it. And then somebody hits me with a copyright strike. Father, father, you need to stop. If you see me live, father, on YouTube, you need to stop. Um, so, okay. So we're doing Josh. Let me pull up Josh's first photo. Okay, now give us that good old description. We got, hello, friends. This week I'm sharing the drumstick kit. This was one of the most challenging projects. It was tough to cut up my 20-year collection of drumsticks. Oh my gosh, that's so long. They were serving no purpose, but somehow I was deeply connected to the sticks. Some of the pairs were from when I first started playing drums over 27 years ago. You've been playing longer than I've been alive. Um, the drum sizes include my signature 10 by 22 for the kick, a rack tom of 9 by 12, and a concert four tom of 13 by 14. I've always wanted to share some exciting news. I'll be having a booth at the St. Louis Drum Show on October 2nd. This will be my first drum show. I am, I truly believe you guys, the other listeners, and especially Legacy members, provided me with the confidence and support I needed to get my work out there in the world. Thanks, as always, Josh. I, am, I remember he told me about uh, the drum show, and I'm super excited for him to go over there and show his stuff. Um, I also understand the deep connection to having stuff that you've never touched for a long time. Also, shout-outs to you playing for way longer than I've been alive. But let's just check out the probably tedious job it was to cut all those sticks... Uh, for to, cereal! To the, to the correct depth. And the what's going to drive me nuts is I wonder how much, like precaution you took to the fact uh, for the bass drum um, how much stick should be on the shelf when you put the head on and then tension it down because I know there's there's got to be like enough wiggle room to where like that head is not going to be flabby but it's not going to be um, 
have enough space or have too much space when it's cranked down. Yeah. Solve a gap. Well, we don't call him the bespoke drummer for, for nothing. nothing. Yeah. I mean, the dude always has another cool idea. Now, I was going to mention this. It was in my notes, so I didn't forget. I have... Well, if you've ever seen one of the Bearded Drums videos, my mother made me uh, a similar piece of wall art using drumsticks. So if you just go to any of the regular Bearded Drums videos, not these live streams, um, that's what hangs right behind my head. I love that stuff. I think that stuff looks cool. And that's basically, you know, in the in the theme of right here from Josh. And uh, that makes me feel good that he said, you know, we kind of helped get his confidence up to where he's... I guess willing now to go to these shows and to all these, um, uh, what do you call it? Or drum show, you know, uh, not drum shows, but what are they, is that what they're called? Though? Yeah, they're just drum shows. Maybe yeah. you can even maybe call it like a convention of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're shows, and uh, that makes me feel good that, uh, you know, that we've inspired Josh to, to push forward in his art uh, career and endeavors. And again, because I, I know that's that's probably daunting to, as an artist, um, especially when something is is so subjective, uh, that like you put all this time into and you put it out there just for people to be like, nah, that's whack, and then be you know like done with it. Um, but I'm super excited for what happens at the drum show. I can't wait for you to tell us about it. Yeah, that'll be. Uh, I, I definitely want some. Uh some feedback on that. I'm going to be like the the chorus from that Grease tune. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> did you have a good show? <laughs> you know. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like I want I want someone to walk in there and like demand like that's what they have to have right now. Just be <laughs> I hope you're good. I, the kits I want I know you told me what you were going to take. I don't know if anything's changed, but I think this would be dope to take there. I think that leather kit would be a very cool one to show, and I love that that map one so much. I don't know how many. Oh yeah, I, don't I mean, know how many you plan on taking for the show? I don't know if anything has changed uh, with your booth size and everything coming up, but um, definitely let us know the deets. And I already asked you this, but I'm going to reiterate: uh, when you have your booth set up, I demand uh, photos. Yeah, for of, sure. Of the booth setup, I want to see it all. Um, I think he said he is taking uh, that yellow kit kick with the painted drum head. Yeah. I think he uh, said he's taking that one. That's um, cool. Well, yeah, and I hope that, uh, you know, I hope this takes off and you get to be the bespoke drummer that you deserve to be with all the stuff that you're slinging left and right. I mean, it really is um, just continuous. And the fact that you still have the drive to do it. I mean that says all you need to know, all you need to know right there. So thank you for sending that in. Like I said, at least coming from us two, we're gonna hope that everything goes well with the show, and you know maybe you get some stuff moved. That'd be that would be just as sweet. Um, so thank you, Josh, as usual for sending that in, the bespoke drummer himself. Um, any comments on that before I move on? Um, no, uh, but Josh told us it's called a relief sculpture. Uh, Aha. So, Thank you. Always with the knowledge bombs. Thank you. We appreciate it. You have such um, a knowledgeable base. We do. Somebody is good at everything. Um, now, for some stupid reason, I don't know. I just can't find Mark's description. So we're going to show the pictures, Mark. 
And if you feel like it, you can hop in the chat and tell us what you paid for the drums before. Um, and then, you know, whatever you have, as I know, it's always like, I found these for five dollars. They ended up being Slingerland 1950s, and I rewrapped them, and now they're worth a million dollars. Like if, that. If he I is see like the, the photos, best drum flipper. Yeah, if I see the photos, I might know a little bit about them. Okay, well, here we go. Um, this is Mark right here. Yeah, so the um, so those are, that's a holiday uh, kick drum from Rogers, and then those are the Revere MIJ Toms. Uh-huh. And I've seen recently he has picked up... Um, a Rogers rack tom and floor tom that needs some repair before he gets the wrap. I remember now. But, I remember having this conversation. But I'm super excited to see how he gets the rest of that kit. Yeah, because I mean, that's what I remember. Okay. Um, and I don't know what I did with the... I, obviously, I pulled the pictures from the email. Now I can't find the email. Um, but... I, being a person that recently moved back to Five Piece, I'm... I'm peaked just by looking at it. Um, and those, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see him try to, you know, really parse out and find the stuff he needs, which is, you know, obviously will take time. Because I thought it was going to, he had a really quick turnaround getting those uh, those toms for that kid. Yeah. I thought it was going to be longer than that. But no, he had a pretty, pretty easy, um, I would say, run to get those. Uh, hey, sometimes you get lucky. Yeah. Um, you know, find the stuff you need. Like, uh, uh, just about myself personally, just about the time I stopped looking for a single tension, uh, Duco Ludwig bass drum and didn't have the money for it. What happened? You found one. I saw, I've seen two more since yeah. then. Like, so usually just about the time you stop looking for something and you give up, that's when it comes along. I was about to buy it for you and be like, Happy Christmas next birthday. But whenever I went to get it, it was already sold. Of course. I was, that stuff doesn't last long. No, I saw it and I sent it to you and I was like, the next day I was like, F it. I'm going to get it for Steven. And, just and then I like, saw somebody posted. It was Nelson or one of those, Nelson Drum Shop, one of those, where a guy came in and bought all the Blue Duco they had. You know, that, yeah, the guy, um, like, I think it was Wooden Weather, I think. Somebody. Uh, yeah. Um it was junk rock drums. Uh, a guy came in and got all of his duco. Yeah. Um, and was building a kid out of everything he had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, son of a gun. Which, you know, is basically what Mark is doing or trying to do here. So, number one, I wish you luck on finding every little piece that you need. Obviously, you're off to a good start. Um, and I've never got to play the. Is it you said those are the Revere Toms? Yeah, those are uh, an MIG Revere. Yeah, I've never got to. I've seen a lot of the MIG brands. That is one that I've never run across. Um, and then obviously there's the bass drum. So I, I think he's gonna have a hard time getting the the rap um, to match. To match, I think now you could probably send a photo to precision they could probably get it matched up with what they have yeah but i think um just for how old those kits are i think because that rogers kit is a lot more gray than it is that blue yeah. for the yeah. black um, yeah it's 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 gray into silver into black and i know i mean i know those are a whole different brand yeah uh for the toms but i just know generally speaking i've looked at the rap and stuff that precision puts out and I know that bum rap, their stuff's kind of uh, like low res for their reproduction rap. Like I know uh, Linton showed me some swatches because um, he's building that bop kit out for his kid. 
and he wanted to do it in Citrus Mod, and their Citrus Mod, from afar, looks great. But up close, yeah. it's real. Like, the reso- the resolution's bad. Yeah. Um, you got to do that. That's got to be painted. And I, and I know it's so hard to get a wrap that doesn't get, well, it gets made now, but it's going to be super expensive to buy it from the source. Like, I just saw the video this past week where uh, Gretsch is discontinuing Champagne Sparkle. Yeah. Because it's just too expensive to manufacture. Well, you know, and things are going to be getting like that, you know, with the way things are now. You're going to have to deal with that. But, again, I hope that you, you know, that it goes as smoothly as possible because you got a nice little start there. Oh, yeah. Um, so thank you, Mark, for sending that in. Another great post. And, Mark, yes, I did receive the email you just sent, so I'll make sure that is in there for next week. If we're even caught up on you, I'll have to go back and look at my emails, the ones I can find, that is. Paid 30 bucks for the drums. Oh, there you go. Awesome. Always. Super deals. So, he finds so super deals. So angry how these guys live up north and have... They're around the... They're around where they were made. They, they're yeah, in yeah. the general vicinity. It's we just, have to... They're in lots of attics up there. Garage sale. You know, Grandma found this snare drum. Oh, wow. It's a it's radio king. In the, in the hiding in the basement, yeah. Like, I messaged Tony Tubbs yesterday. I was like, if you guys find any gold sparkle floor toms for a cloud badge... Slingerland, let me know. Yeah, because I want because I was looking. And they at, laughed. <laughs> no, they liked it because I was looking at my uh, the the Slingerlands. I was like, you know, it'd be cool because I got a a twelve, a, I'm sorry, a thirteen, a uh, fourteen, and a sixteen. I was like, I don't want to do it at a sixteen because it's in really good condition. But if I could find an, another sixteen, mm-hmm. cut that into a bass drum. There you go, and then use other ones as time. But that'd be a cool little little jazzer. I'm but. with you. But good luck again trying to find that. And good luck to Mark yeah. trying to piece his stuff together. So thank you to everybody that entered this week and, and, and you know, gave us submissions. Always cool to see what y'all are working on. And basically everybody, you know, basically from what I see, they need luck this week. Oh, he got the 8x12 from R. David R. and a 16x16 locally. Nice. So, yeah. I know. I know. I saw. I think it's the the Rack Tom's in good condition, but the 4 Tom has got a huge chunk. Yeah. No, it's the Rack Tom's got a huge chunk because of the mount that was on it. Mm-hmm. Those weird Swivomatics, I think they used yeah. on those. And there's like a huge, like, just knotted. So, mm-hmm. I think he's going to fill plug all those and then put them together. Well, he always Still, does a good job with the yeah. restoration. So, um, good luck with all that. And thank you again to everybody for their submissions this week. We do appreciate it. Oh, we love it. <clears throat> I think that catches us up if that's caught up in the yep. chat as well. And we can get to today's main topic, which is why I stopped you earlier. And the question I'm going to, well, first, let me do it this way. Everybody watching live. Um, now, everything we're about to discuss is not at home or as a practice tool. I'm talking about using it live or in a gigging situation. You got to take it out to chop some heads. This is not practicing at home. You know, how does everyone feel as you know, you can all the way up until the point now, whatever you can purchase the current state of electronic drums. How do you feel about if you had to go out and work on an electronic kit? So let us know in the chat right now, quickly, quickly, 
whether you would be like, you know, are you like me where you're like, God, I can't stand it when I come in these casinos and they have these terrible little electronic drum sets. Or are you like, no, I love it. That's less stuff I have to bring in. The volume is controlled perfectly. I don't have to worry about anything. It takes a lot of the workload off of me. Let us know right now in the chat. Hit Jared up at this moment. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Share all the... (laughs) Do it now in the comments and let me know how you feel before I even pose the question I'm going to ask. How do you feel about electronic drums? If you had to take it out and play it, not talking about, oh, well, I live in an apartment and I have to be quiet. Now, that's 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 not what we're talking about. I'm talking about you got a gig and you've got to take out an electronic option. How do you feel about that? Are you pissed like me or are you fine and don't care? Or are you happy? Are you excited? Let us know in the comment section. If you're about to play Madison Square Garden this Saturday, and you got to bring a uh, and they have electric kit. Would you be upset or happy about it? Yeah, I personally have already said it. I would be upset, Jared. You can pick anything on the current market. Are you upset or are you happy? Not, I'm not upset. Uh, upset. I uh, in high school used to schlep uh, an electric kit for a couple of gigs. I did um, load in. Um, was a little awkward because um, I was not the guy who broke it all down and put it in bags nice and neat. I literally uh, took all the drums, uh, I marked them, took them off the stand, folded it in, had it in a, in a very large duffel bag, all the drums and cymbals in the bag, had everything marked, brought it in, opened it out, shoved stuff on, plugged it in. Um, now I was doing this with a, uh, a string group, which was super easy, um, for that because the conductor, uh, for the group, uh, Ms. Hall, be played a note. I played around and she would go up and she's like, uh, Jared, can you give me more bass out of the, uh, you know, more bass tones? So I would dial up the bass on my amp. She's like, and bring out some of the highs. I'm like, and I'll bring it out. So I had it dialed in to where I fit the mix perfectly with the group and I think that is great because no matter what your intensity level is I was like no matter if I'm like yeah you know I'm banging away like Bluey Belson <laughs> I could sound like a small child clapping and, I, and, and for the reasons you just stated I can agree yeah even though I still don't like it I can't agree Charlie has answered he says it depends on the kit and what the monitoring is like if it's a decent decent mesh kit and he's got in-ear monitors with a good mix, he says, I wouldn't mind too much, in parentheses, for the odd gig. He's not sure that he'd want to do it every night, though. So that would be like the next level, like whether you're accepting of it for me. And but you're like, but I don't want to do this all the time. Like I get it. Like and I can understand what yeah. you just said and what he said. You got a good mix on a at least decent mid level electronic kit. I'm playing like, like a V tour. Okay, mid level. Um, I would still have to say, but not every night. I didn't just buy all this crap so we can all go get electronic kits and not ever buy an AAX again or. A solid ply snare drum or a maple this or a wall you know that's kind of half more probably more than half the fun for me is what it is is it brass is it you know blah 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 that is for me um and 
Yeah, okay, that's caught up. Um, and this is this is where I might get a little cheeky. Okay. Um, I think it would be cool to have the electric kit, and the cool thing is that they're all programmable. So if there's a really cool sound, yeah. I get it home, and I'm able to record it and have it like as a one-shot or whatever to use through that kit. But that means, oh, I love the way my 1930s... Uh, yeah, super whatever, super swivomatic black, super Tamastar black round product. badge beauty uh, sounds. But there's no way I'm bringing this out to uh, to wherever I'm playing Friday. I think that that is a very good compromise where you still get to kind of play what it is, but without the ramifications of oh no, my stand kerfluffled and now I have a crack and a very yeah precious drum, and you could go through. And if you, I mean, I know you mentioned this as, as electronic kits, um, but if I'm giving the if I'm given the option to a program the kit, yeah, I would do that. And B, if I'm able to take it kind of '80s, and where I can use my symbols but keep the pads, yeah, that I, I would like uh, that'd be cool too. Very kind of King Crimson s, um, you know, in some degree, have real symbols. But then have uh, yeah I, the pads. I, I know that um, the guy that played for Oingo Boingo, um, he had a very cool setup. He uh, I know this is slightly off topic, but his kick drum was electric. His toms or some of his toms were pads. His snare drum, his main snare drum was a real snare drum, but then his other snare drum was a pad. Um, he had real hi hats, and then he had a couple of, like pad symbols with other couple. Like, it was a very cool mesh of that's the a, two. That's a that's a that's a serious mix. It's, it was a it was a very hardcore mix, but I was looking at it and I was like, "You're guaranteed the same kick sound no matter where you go. Um, it will always be dialed in. There is no feedback from a microphone. It is just going to be that sound True. no matter what. Um, I I think it'd be cool because you don't have to deal with anything." Um, like heads breaking or anything. Um, well, you know, at least now we know how everybody feels. Yeah. Um, and before we, before I pose the question, uh, here's Mark answering what you asked earlier, or we were saying earlier. He said he found some rap pretty damn close to the gray pearl. Um, I am writing a sample to see if it matches. The parts are coming from a Rogers guy. Uh, what does that say? Oh, <laughs> Poshai is his name in Columbus, Ohio. Well, dope. That is cool. Yeah, hopefully it'll it'll go smooth. Very exciting, um, Mark. So okay, now that one person answered us in the chat, not all of you watching. Thank you, Charlie, for answering the the, uh, the question. Here's the question I would pose: When do you think? How long do you think the timetable is for the electronic drums? Because eventually technology will catch up. It'll have to. It, I'm sorry. It's got. Think about how bad an old Simmons sounds. I mean, not in the context of where it would sound good, like an 80s song, but traditionally think of how bad that sounds as to how good that D10, that D, uh, that, uh, the Yamaha we just talked about, the D10, DT10. Yeah. Um, how good that sounds. That's in what? 30, 40 years. That's what, what is the timetable to where you would think it got good enough to where you'd be like, hell, I don't want the drums anymore. I would say another 40 years. It took us 40 years to get from um, very one-dimensional sounding um, sounds yeah. to having, from having the massive, I don't think anyone's ever looked at the, 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 the brains and 
the modules for those old Simmons. Oh, God, they're huge. Out. They're massive, and they're very complicated. Um, for certain models, if you got, like, the higher-end ones, because you have all these adjustable knobs and bits and pieces for every, and you only had, like, eight sounds, maybe, per, uh, per patch, whatever. Yeah. And they're all highly complicated how you get to them. And I watched a video the other night. Well, per reference, other for me is anywhere between last week and four months. So the other night, you know, there's a, there's a large time frame. Um, I was watching a video on this guy, Simon Drums Collection. He was breaking down like all the, he had a bunch of the cool stuff too. Yeah. Um, of like how it was made and what you would do to set up a sample. And like he went through every bit and Bob was like, well, this was sold uh, four years later when they did this. I'm like, there's so much to just having. Oh, yeah. And he's like, and just, he's like, just to play live, you had a whole rack back in the day. I was like, I could not imagine. I could not imagine to have a massive rack that's just for your yeah. your kit. It's like, I thought it was supposed to be lighter and faster. Back in the day, it was it probably compared, because everyone in the 80s had those super heavy, like 10 pound weighted off the back boom arms. Like everything was Tama. Yeah, and everything was Power Tom. So it probably was lighter in theory to have a rack and then pads instead of 8, 10, 12, yeah. 13, 14, 16, 18, 222s, plus all the stands to hold. Because no, no one played uh, one up, one down. No, you're in the right. 80s. No one did. Um, um, Charlie's answering. He said he's done a couple of theater gigs on e kits. Interesting, uh, interestingly, one of those I had an acoustic snare uh, beside me, mic'd up uh, for one tune that needed brush. Okay, so that makes sense. Everything else was done on the pads, though. So that, that's obviously when that would be. Yeah, super specific, like one tune that needs brushes. You can't, do, I'm sorry, there's no technology for <laughs> doing that on electric kit yet. Um, so I, that I can see. Um, and then Richie says, the sound matters less to me than how those damn symbols feel. And this is where I really have to start writing hard, kind of like Richie on the, like, the e-kits. The symbols are the absolute worst. Uh, Richie goes on to say, I remember seeing the drummer for Trans-Siberian Orchestra using a mix if electronic and actual, oh, of electronic and actual drums and cymbals. Um, so, yeah, I can, I can kind of go with Richie. Like, even if, let's say, this new Yamaha, let's give it, like, full benefit. Say it comes out and it has, like, the most perfect drum sounds you've ever heard. The symbols still suck. I don't care what they sound like. They're rubber pads. It sucks. And it's going to forever suck. And that is probably one thing I can't get past. Like, even just putting the drum sounds aside, that sim the simple sounds, and then having to play on a pad, I just can't. I can't do it. I, on my old Roland, I didn't mind the symbols. Now, the problem that I was starting to face is later on in my... Uh, in my electronic kits life, the symbols would start to short out. I didn't know if it was from the pad. Oh, they, or, I, I have gigs the, where those do that. I, I know the I know that one you have is hold together with duct tape, and, yeah. and it only goes a certain way. Um, um, Daka, Momo, if you're still here, you will remember the last time we played at such an event where you'll remember that... Um, uh, that they had the e-kit. Um, he would just laugh at me because, like, probably 50% of the time I went for the main crash, it'd be like, check it, check it, check it, check it. 
Ticka, chicka, jack, jack, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. It was terrible. So, yeah, like you said, then they, they start shorting out. They misfire. They double fire. You know, it's yeah. it can be very annoying. Um, like I said, if I could put the drums aside, I st- then the, the cymbals are still a non-starter. And, I, and even the alternative for the cymbals now, like the... I I give um, Zildjian props for trying with the Gen 16s. Yes, and the yes. and the module again a nice and, step. Yeah, and and taking their own cymbal sounds and building a patch uh, and sampler of all those iconic cymbals they have and putting them. You know, you can have a 14 inch uh, crash, but it's actually a 22 inch K. You yeah. Know? Uh, those still didn't sound that good. Uh, they tried. I think that's going to be the bane of the full of the full swap, the full Monty oh, yeah. of going, is getting the complexity and intricacies the, and yeah, like the subtle. This that's my thing with um, that kind of with. Well, all right, before I even say that, let me let me catch us up here. Um, Charlie goes on to say, it won't ever get there for me i'm 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 trying to give benefit of the doubt but i'm kind of with you charlie the sound of an electronic kit out of a pa will never replace the movement of air that the drum gives and the way they react to the player room and balance of band or the way they react to the player room and balance of the band i'm with you the movement of air this like the feel it's not really so much about the sound because i'm sure you could get a perfect doubled up recording of your snare and it's there it doesn't feel like it. And I personally always end up injuring myself lightly, just like soreness, because I end up smacking electronic drums way too hard because I'm expecting, like an idiot, some kind of magic to happen. And it's not. It's just going to give you the same volume, you know, on the crap kits I play Yeah, at, at some of these places. It's not even volume sensitive, so you're not even getting like ta, 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 ta. You're just getting ta. Every time. So, I mean, and I end up hurting at the end of the night because I've smacked them so hard trying to get something that's obviously never going to happen to happen. So the feel is going to be the ultimate. We all know that's the best part about smacking a snare drum is how it feels when you lay into it with your hand. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of with Charlie on that. Richie goes on to say, but still, symbols sounding and feeling better should be should be easier i feel um if they could even i don't know i don't even know where you would start i guess because they've gotten pretty good with the drum sounds i i think a big thing is going to be getting the cymbal sounds to translate better yeah across and um i know it's for like ease but I really think that they should beef up the size of the pads they give. True. I don't think playing a 10-inch. Or it's uh, like the big being the 12. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some starting to give you 14-inch for your snare drum and your floor tom. But a a big thing that I even noticed with my silent stroke heads for my practice kit is that even at the low tension, they're still very springy. Yeah. I think there's going to be... A point in time where they're going to have to dial back the mesh to make it not so bouncy, regardless of the tension, um, to give a more traditional feeling. Once they get that dialed in, that's going to be a game changer. And then once they're able to get the cymbal sounds not to sound so like one shot ish. Yeah. Um, 
because I know like Taylor uh, has this massive bank of stuff on his computer he uses mm-hmm. uh, like sounds and um, even on one of the kits he has it's not like you know get good drums or real drums whatever that yeah, yeah. it's not that but he has something similar and a bundle and I went through uh, helping him piece like you wanted a uh, this guy's a slight acoustic-esque kind of song he's working on and he's like do you can you find anything that sound like kind of folksy and all this stuff before I have to like go spend yeah. money to buy something um, so I went through and I noticed that a lot of the the cymbal sounds that he has are very abrasive um, and then it's either like it's either way too much or it's not enough and um I told him you don't want to have to go through and spend a good bit mixing. Like you're not going to be able to just go through and just dial it down because like it's already you know it's already there. You're gonna have to do a good bit of EQing and yeah. then even on like a hi hat, uh, was just even like the the chick sound was still. I mean he had some that were like sounded like a pair of sixteens, just real thin. Yeah, and then he had some that was. Uh, way too short but he had like a a 70s knockoff kind of sounding kit kick drum sounded great it had the big boom to it but it was just it it was just something off about it and like when we recorded our um our two demos for our band um if you want to go check out uh halfway to home on youtube and um days like today by the band push on youtube those two songs uh i recorded uh the drum parts on a um, electronic drum kit, cymbals and all, mm-hmm. and the sounds that we were using uh, was programmed uh, through MIDI. So whatever the drum kit was done to the computer, and the kit was a DW collector series mm-hmm. for the the drums, and then we used a um, Piesty like six hundred two esque for the cymbals, um, and then you could gauge that to kind of see. But those those that particular stuff he used was expensive for those sounds yeah now i know that for a drum company uh to probably put that time and effort into that is going to make the price go up for better sounding but and i know like for pearl they use their but own that's not their gig yeah yamaha's been doing it for a long time so they already have kind of it invested in that obviously roland that's what they do you know yeah yeah pearl not Yes, but not as much because they're obviously, you know, they have to be marching drum sets, flutes, those weird sticks they're putting out now. Like all this stuff that they have to do as where Yamaha's they for a long time, they've been kind of the, one of the big three names for electronic. And um, obviously, again, Roland, that's what they do. So, yeah. Um, so you're saying 40 years before you feel they will have caught up. And offered something that really was if, tempting. If, if it took us forty years to get to now, it's gonna take another forty to have it like dialed in. Because I mean, if the 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 best we've gotten in forty years is going from a rubber pad to a mesh pad, <laughs> adding on an extra an extra trigger on a cymbal, there's no way that in the next ten years is gonna be anything unless they somehow have a magic breakthrough. Because I mean, the processing of of from the stuff I've watched on like guys explaining like how sound and stuff works, 
it's kind of hard to get much better than like a 32 like 32 bits this or whatever true uh, for you know what's another breakthrough for sampling what is Mike Malone's in the chat listening to us on the drive home Checking what's up buddy lane. what's up Mike uh, <laughs> we're just trash talking your your DTS yeah yeah uh, video for sure uh, for cereal <laughs> hope your gig was well uh, yes <laughs> And a cool slide. I hope you did send your drums down the slide. If not, you're a chump. <laughs> um, but no, but like if it took us 40 years to get that much done, there's no way. And then the way processing is and stuff now, I mean, there's going to have to be a, a huge technological breakthrough in in some, in some part um, of the recording process to have better sounds. And then someone's got to go to like an actual polymer manufacturer and be like i need yeah a, i need a better rubber than whatever this is or ma maybe it's not rubber maybe it's, it's whatever yeah okay. but yeah um like you said they've kind of hit a brick wall because you can't really sound is that it's i don't want to say it's peak but it's hard to it's get kind of at its peak it's hard to get much better than like what the it shit is. they can do now with sound yeah is um like the military audio engineers for entertainment audio for like just like de-stress like they can do anything with sound and you're not going to get the quality can't really i mean it can obviously it can always get better but it's negligible because i mean what your ear can yeah. hear at a certain point we we cap out of whatever it yeah. is like, um, no matter how so much. i think a lot of it rides more on the feel um say somebody figures out oh well now we're 3d printing these fake symbols and for some reason, they feel better than rubber. Or maybe now we're 3D printing these mesh heads that feel different because they're 3D, whatever. So they'll, they'll come up with something. But yeah, for me, it's not so much the sound because I could deal with the sound. It's the feel. Like you said, they'd have to address that first. It's a non-starter, at least specifically in the symbol department. If they can get away with making you able to use real heads producing low sound, with like real tension, yeah, but also still have that weird sensitivity with the triggers that comes from a mesh head. Yeah, I think once they figure out how to get that going, it's game over. I think that once that happens, I would say it will take like probably another like five years to get it like honed in, and people getting used to that. And I think that a lot of places will probably then buy an electronic kit because you then have that adjustability. Like if we could only get like the Star Trek kit, that would be perfect. See, you're outside of my house now. Um, it's like the last, whatever that last Star Trek movie they made, the one that had Tom Hardy in, I think. Um, yeah, it's like I think it's the Tom Hardy one. <laughs> they're they're doing this like jazz at the beginning of the Star Trek movie, and the guys playing like where they were obviously trying to make it look futuristic, and it's obviously just like a Roland whatever, but the symbols they made and they're like neon clear plastic. Oh, but nice. he does the sweep, and it sounds beautiful. And I'm like, where's the Star Trek kid at? <laughs> That's what we need. I still want the uh, the floating drums from all the yeah, yeah, yeah. 80s and 90s cartoons. Very like true. They have their own, like the, they have the rings that are like, mm -hmm. you know. That would that would be dope. That's what I want. To where you've got three drums, but it sounds like a whole, a whole kit because, you know. That's what I want. Does it make you sad to know that we probably won't live long enough to see any of these advancements? Yeah, which is the depressing part. It's yeah. Like, we'll see something, I'm sure. I'm sure within our lifetime, you will see a major breakthrough in electronic drumming. Um, that's also, you know, it, it, it could be maybe even be a bad thing, like something that sends electronic drums just down the tubes and nobody ever plays them again. Or 
something that brings them to the, you know, who knows? But I think, yeah, you'll have to weigh. I would say on the sound issue, within five or ten years, I don't think you'll be able to distinguish between other than air movement and the obviously the concussion of a drum being hit. But like just pure sound, if I like A, B'd you a track, they could probably get to a point where they could fool you. The feel is where I think that's 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 the big. What do you do? What do you make? What do you use? Obviously, it can't ring because it has to be quiet because it's electronic. But if it doesn't ring, it doesn't feel like a symbol. You know, if it doesn't ring, it's dead plasticky or like those those pearl on their kit. It's like metal on the top and rubber on the bottom. Uh, what do they call their kit? Their electronic kit? The ePro? Yeah. The ePro Live had like metal capped symbols. They were still like that big around. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I forgot it had like the like the, the, the crappy bronze. Yeah, it was like yeah. a yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> take um, that for <laughs> Yeah. I mean they all can't be I'll to be honest with you, the one I give most credit to is that even though I've never even owned one, I just know everybody that has one loves it and everything I've heard from them is cool, is that EAD ten, the little Yamaha box. Yeah. That is the coolest thing I've seen. There's your there's your breakthrough that you're not even thinking about because it's not a you know, it's not a kit. That's the the the, the, the only breakthrough I've seen since mesh heads. Yeah, because I I've used I forgot all about that God's been able to play their mesh heads with that and it samples the mesh heads coming through i forgot all about that you can still put triggers yeah uh even though the box i think i think takes two more inputs yeah you could still trigger your snare and maybe like a, a tom or like a floor tom or a rack that you play more so that's but, the that's the most recent innovation the yeah. kit itself then come along with better sounds and then years later they come along with ooh mesh heads ooh look at this yeah 40 years later we have a uh a, what's it a cardioid Microphone that picks up that then triggers. Yeah, off so of base that's drum. that's now we basically have to wait another period of time because you just got uh, an advancement in the EAD10. Um, so you're probably right. It's probably a long time coming before it gets to a point where the next big breakthrough comes along. But they are so damn good with this stuff now. Who knows? It could be next week. You know. Um, what do we got here? We uh, got Mike Malone saying uh, video incoming for me going down the slide. <laughs> and drumming. Yes, it was a say it was a bigger tick breakthrough than your fanciest Roland V drum kit. Always oh, referring to the the Yamaha. Yeah, I mean it. You know that those Rolands haven't changed for years. I mean, at least that I can think, fifteen to twenty years. All they've done is just made the brain. You have now more more customization yeah. and, but the, you, I think for the people at that point, there's there's two consumers that are getting those the end users for those electronic kits. You either got someone like us who's going to kind of fiddle around with it a little bit, and they're going to find some of the sounds you know decent to go play at a club and be done with it. Then you have the other guys who are probably going to spend a lot of time going in, dialing yeah. the stuff and EQing the drums before they even. You know, put a kit together. He said uh, he was referring to the drumming on the slide, not the EAD ten. <laughs> You're the worst, Mike. Getting a little too close, Mike. Uh, remember, I have to 
but yeah, E80 is cool too. Yeah, I'm gonna have to out of my 12 that I uh, that I'm cool with. I'm gonna have to start kicking you out, Mike. So you can't message me on Instagram and talk to me anymore. That uh, ends now. Uh, we're, no. I hope you're being safe driving while you're commenting <laughs> to us. You better be voice commenting. The ba- the bass player is driving. I hope. There you go. As always, um, the Sultan of Silver, as I call that guy. Uh, <laughs> Have you seen the bass player? Uh-uh. Snow white beard and hair. That's guys, what I want. Guys, killer. So I don't want this little thing right here to be silver. I want Big beard, combed over hair. Sultan of silver is what he looks like. Nice. Um, but you got it, flaunt it. Yeah, as we were saying. So um, I mean, I I would agree. It's going to be a while. They've gotten better. They've gotten close. It's still a big hell no for me. I didn't just buy all this damn Sabian for nothing. Um, I haven't invested in Pearl for nothing. You know, I finally get, to, I'm only, I'm 39 and I'm happy with my rig. It only took 26 years. I think the time that that'll ever become an issue is if we have an extreme um, wood shortage or disaster. Or like uh, global warming, because like, obviously being a drummer, you know, you can get away with having a small car, but typically you need a truck or a big SUV yeah. to do it comfortably. Um, so, you know, it, it, may, it may get to the point where they're like, you know, uh, global warming has gotten so bad that they're like, well, why do you need this big car? And you have to say, you know, well, I'm a drummer. I carry all this stuff around. Maybe that's when it becomes an issue. And that's when people start converting to electronic kits because they know it's either going to be at the gig or whatever they're carrying around is not. Yeah, I think at a certain if we ever have an issue um, like that'll definitely be where like instruments will not have to be. It'll probably be like a yeah. mandated. Like your yeah. instruments have to be made out of like a composite or like a plastic or, or way no more than yeah whatever total okay. rig. Yeah. yeah, almost like the uh, almost like the reverse of the um, of wartime. Like yeah, you're drunk and only have ten percent wood instead of it being ten percent mm-hmm. uh, metal. You know, it might be if it gets to that point like crazy. Like there's. And then you'll be glad you have a large collection of drums. Yeah, it's like, well, the new kids now, you know, it's got 10% maple. It's like, well, I have a 100% maple. That's right. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Now, new Mapex is now with 10% birch. Ooh. Yeah, like you're going to, then metal kits will be the rave. It's like, oh, I only play a stainless steel, blah, blah, blah. Because somehow somehow we've gotten, you know, or I play a souped up, uh, C thirty five composite uh, polymer blah 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 huh. you know everything will be probably plastic at some point I mean or a rubber and then we have the Star Trek kit and we have the Star Trek kit we have the floating drums that's right and the saxophones uh, or just that tube. or the drums where you just think it and it comes out of the PA yeah this is a dude by like meditating you hear you hear every beat coming out through his head. <laughs> Oh, it'd be like the brain drain from uh, Batman Forever. Oh, yeah, the box. The box. That would be... <laughs> I hope I hope people have seen that movie know what we're talking about. Oh, that's about. a great movie. That Batman... Forever. forever. Batman okay. Forever with yeah, yeah. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. Terrible casting. And oh, yeah, those were the worst years for Batman. I don't know why. There's an I issue. love them, yeah. but those are the worst years for Batman. Well, that, sure. that's, that's post-Tim Burton Batman. That's a whole nother... I forgot who did those movies. Um, those are, that's Schumacher Batman. Ugh. Yeah. No. Gotta appeal to kids. Gotta sell toys. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, That'll be it. We'll have toy drums we'll be playing with live one, one day. Yeah. I mean... Probably, uh, probably outside of our lifetime. Yeah. I'd say. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So, just a thought. 
in a, in a, in a way to, you know, because I know for the most part, like you got some of y'all in the chat saying, I don't mind it here and there and blah, 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 if the situation's right. But you rarely hear anybody say, yeah, man, hell yeah, all the time, 24-7, load in, load out, up in my ears, digital source. I mean, nobody really says that that much. And if, uh, if they do, they spent a lot of money to get that. I've met one guy like that. I was at Best Buy uh, looking at TVs and getting a, my PS4. Uh, like a year or two ago and the guy that I was talking to there older dude had some tattoos um, really nice and he noticed uh, like a sticker or something I had he's like oh you play drums I was like yeah I was like, I do this he's like oh cool and he's like what's your you know, opinion electronic kits and stuff and we talked about he told me that he was around uh, one of the first people who got Simmons drums mm-hmm. he was there and he would help on the R&D process he showed me pictures on his phone of like this massive rig and like all these wires and cables just in this is uh, look like a an hr geiger uh concept art for uh alien like it was just it was just just it's this massive just wall of cables um it was very eye-opening he's like yeah it's just this company simmons and they're trying stuff and He's like, you know, we well, were, sure when you first saw it though, it was like probably the coolest thing ever. Yeah, like he. You mean I don't have to? Yeah, because like uh, the way he explained it to me was, I vaguely remember, uh, you know, the intricacies of the story. But I remember him being so excited of like being able to take a whole kit and put it into like a little bag. Yeah. And then just going. Yeah. And he said it was, and for him, a big part was like being able to have at the time, because um, like the drum machine was all the rage and. He told me that a big thing that he, you know, at the time was like being worried that you're going to lose your gear yeah, to, a, to a drum machine. To a drum machine. He goes, and then being able to have those sounds, yeah. but like to do whatever with them. He's like, that kind of made, he's like, because, you know, he was going about, he's like, well, the drum machine can't play this, but I can play that. So I have the sounds of a Lin drum machine, but a drum machine can't, you know, it's only in four bar groups. Yeah. It's like, you have to have more pre-programmed, but guess what I can do? Yeah, I don't have to be pre-programmed. And for that, it makes sense. And at the time that that would have happened, you know. Yeah. So that I guess it depends on what's going on in the world at the time you're discussing whatever it may be. Just like the whole thing with Eric Binder. Exactly. It's all all perspective. It's a matter of perspective. Well, isn't it? Isn't it all anyway? Perspective. Everything boiled down to you know the the milieu at the bottom. But then, but then we get to what is life. Well, okay, really? we're going to stop there. See? So <laughs> just a thought, what? and this all kind of ties into that really dope Yamaha release. And I have to admit, they did a great job. It sounds yeah. really good. Larnell Lewis was killing in that video. So always. go to YouTube and look up uh, Yamaha drums or Larnell Lewis and find that today or yesterday release video about the the new Yamaha kit Uh, make sure that you go look up Joshua Crawford drums on YouTube and check out the skit he did it's in two parts Uh, should be his most recent uploads you'll laugh I promise I know you haven't seen it I'm gonna make you watch it Um, also check out the new Pearl drums video featuring the president series kit with Grayson Necrutman tearing it up doing some really nice swing with a really cool and tasteful solo thrown in there so that's three videos you can go watch this week uh there's a fourth one if you haven't watched it check out mike malone's uh oh yeah the the dts video video. that's right that one was very cool uh i love to see i love to see it 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of DTS myself, so just watching him do it in the video, I was like, hell yeah, give it to him, Mike. I'm not going to spoil it, but one, the comment sections are very enjoyable, and two, I he did something I've always wondered about doing with the badges. I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the badges. That's all I'm going to say. So go check out Mike Malone Drums. That is four videos that you have to go watch this week. Um, as usual, thank you to all of the Legacy members that come out, hang out with us every week, chat it up in the comment section, and send in pictures and videos. Thank you everybody that sent in this week. I do appreciate it. And remember, if you want to send anything in to Bearded Drums, all you have to do is send it to the email up on the screen right now or either of those handles on instagram you can get jared or myself or the email send it in get it to us and we will talk about your stuff um i think that's about it i'm freaking starving uh, now my mom is starting to text instead of call she's wondering what's going on um are you dead are you alive what's dead wrong? are you i'm gonna call him as soon as we get done um yeah, it, Jared, anything else? Take us out of here with you with one of your words of wisdom. You're going to enjoy this. It's not really words, but it's more like a thing. So it's just towards everyone. Oh, I know exactly. And, and if you it. don't know what that is, I feel sorry for you that you now have to go look up what that is. <laughs> and now you have to go back into the stream and rewind it and say, what is he doing? So, And if, to, you're, listening at, if you're listening and not being able to watch on any of the other uh, mediums, I'm sorry. You're yeah, just gonna, you're you gonna just have, have to, to go to YouTube and watch it. Our mail-in. That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> P.O. Box 235. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for this hanging out with us this week. We will definitely see you again next week. I'm starving. Jared, take us out of here. We'll see you on the next one. Later, guys. Bye.